Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, Winnipeg? Let's do this. Welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus with you. And lots to get to today coming out of last night's NHL draft lottery. Big game in the Western Conference playoffs. And of course, a huge announcement regarding our Winnipeg Ice in the WHL Championship Series beginning Friday here in Winnipeg. We're going to be all over it. Brian Munns will join us from the ice. We'll get the latest on the move of venue for the series that begins on Friday here in the peg. We'll also talk to Mike McIntyre. Uh, we'll get to some Jets offseason talk, certainly get his thoughts on the upcoming ice championship series against the Seattle Thunderbirds. And then coming out of last night's draft lottery, we'll talk Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, and some of the top prospects in this June's NHL draft with Chris Peters of Flow Hockey. Chris has his first mock draft out now that uh, we know where everybody's picking. So we'll talk about some of the top prospects and certainly get Chris's take on the uh, Ice and T-Bird series that begins coming up on Friday. Should be a great show. Great to have you all with us. If you haven't already, hit that red subscribe button if you're with us here on YouTube and give a thumbs up to today's episode if you wouldn't mind. It certainly helps us spread the... uh, Spread the, the, the channel here on YouTube. And for podcast listeners, if you do have the opportunity, tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk. But uh, give us a little five-star rating and review. It's another way to uh, help get the word out on what we're doing here at WST. Greatly appreciate all the support everyone gives us on a daily basis. Um, speaking of support, we can't do it without the great sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Uh, from Princess Auto, Cool Bet Canada, Breezy Bend, Aikens Lake, Little Brown Jug, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, Consolidated Supply, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, F Apparel, Assiniboia Downs, the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, Wallace & Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Aquatech, and Modern Man Barber Shops. Let's get right to it. Munzee coming up, Mike McIntyre and Chris Peters on a packed show Michael Remus, what is up? How are you doing? Good. I'm feeling good, Huss. It feels like we've turned the page here from, you know, wrapping up the Jets 22-23 season. We've, we've turned the page. We're in off-season mode. The draft lottery was last night, and that was very, very intense. I'm still on a bit of a high um, from that because that pick can change a franchise and it was quite the spectacle last night. Um, right before that Oilers Vegas game, so I'm doing okay. It's nice out today, Huss. Great weather in Winnipeg, and you know we're kind of in off season mode. Bombers starting up. Let's see, Sea Bears, Gold Eyes preseason. Gold so Eyes. A lot, no, you know you're, you're going right. On. I mean, listen, it was a disappointing end of the season. It was a pretty crazy four or five days coming out of the Jets final game, but we are into the National Hockey League off season for more than half the league. The Jets are part of that group, and. Uh, well, the next few weeks, I would imagine, should be quite interesting as to, uh, you know, what the Winnipeg team does when it comes to, you know, the players that we've talked about repeatedly with expiring contracts at the end of next season and some big decisions, and I'm sure some big conversations happening behind the scenes. Just though, before we get to the draft lottery, um, I mentioned this right off the gate, uh, right off the get-go today, and this is uh, just huge for the Winnipeg Ice and I think for hockey fans here in Winnipeg, the announcement yesterday, a little while after we got off the air, 
that the Western Hockey League Championship Series was going to be moving from Max Bell and uh, Wayne Fleming Arena at the Ice Cave to the Canada Life Centre downtown. And I wasn't sure whether this was even going to be possible. I'll be honest, I'm not entirely sure about the previous relationship between the owners of the ice and the folks at True North. Um, and obviously, it probably was a non-starter as long as the Manitoba Moose were in the playoffs. But with the Moose losing that heartbreaker in Game 5 against Milwaukee, um, I imagine that you know the rink was available and it just made too much sense not to make a deal like this happen. So, I mean, that was the big news yesterday, Reem. Tickets went on sale today at noon. So whether you're listening to this live with us on YouTube or whether you're listening to the podcast on the way home from work or a little later on, Tickets are on sale now. Friday night's game is 7 p.m. Saturday night's game is 6 o'clock p.m. We'll talk about it coming up with Brian Munns. But, um, you know, it seemed like, you know, it, it was going to be such a shame if this series, which, of course, also includes Jets first-rounder Brad Lambert playing for the visiting Seattle Thunderbirds, um, it would have been a real shame if this was limited to the uh, very small capacity of the ice cave at Wayne Fleming Arena. Uh, a huge win for all parties involved, especially Winnipeg hockey fans that I think are in for a real treat on Friday and Saturday at the downtown rink. Yeah, we heard about the crowds in what Saskatoon for some of their games and other, you know, big crowds around the WHL and you get kind of jealous that we only have, uh, you know, have a small capacity here for the Winnipeg ice. And there were people asking us, hey, if the ice get the WHL championship, is there a chance they could play at Canada Life Center? And I mean, I had had no idea. I don't make those decisions, but... You know, with the Moose being out now, they definitely had some openings, and it was nice to see they were able to work out whatever agreement they needed to. And I don't know, are these games going to be shown on um, TSN as well? Because there's some, you know, they have some consideration with the Canada Life Center being set up for broadcast Jets games already. So I think this is just a win for everyone, and hopefully the building is packed like we've seen at other WHL and CHL rinks around Canada. And... It should be a great series as well with two top teams trying to get to the Memorial Cup. Yeah, and we'll talk about this with Chris Peters a little later on and certainly get Munzee's take on everything from an ice perspective. Um, these two teams are stacked. They've been on a collision course for the better part of the entire season, and now it's a best of seven beginning Friday here in Winnipeg for a WHL championship and a trip to the Memorial Cup. Um, so, I, I mean, I, and I kind of echo it. I mean, it, this is a win-win for everybody involved. Um, um, certainly, I mean, this is be huge for the ice, you know, with the ability to sell plenty more tickets. I'm, uh, I'm sure it makes sense for uh, the folks that uh, at True North that own the arena that will be uh, having some more butts in seats for uh, games that uh, unfortunately didn't happen for uh, either of the pro teams in town. Um, and the bottom line is, um, you know, I know there's a lot of questions about what's happening with the ice in the future. And, you know, will they be able to get the rink that, you know, was sort of planned when the team moved here from Kootenai? No idea about that. And those are probably off-season conversations that I'm sure will take part in. Right now, though, it is about the championship series. And uh, a heck of a lot more Winnipeggers and Manitobans are going to get a chance to see this series now that it is up at Canada Life Centre uh, beginning with game one and two, and then game six and seven, I would imagine, and I haven't checked the schedule, but I mean, with it being Winnipeg and Seattle, pretty much the longest possible travel um, available in the Western Hockey League, I would assume we're going one, two, three, four, five, 
and 6'7", but mm-hmm. we'll confirm that with Munzee when he joins us a little later on. Bottom line is, get your tickets now. Make some plans to get out there and see the Ice and T-Birds play for the Western Hockey League Championship on the weekend. Um, but the big story last night, Remo, outside of the local story with that announcement, of course, was the NHL draft lottery. And uh, by now, I think pretty much everybody knows the Chicago Blackhawks are on the clock with the number one pick that will certainly be Connor Bedard. But um, what everyone was talking about last night was a bit of a uh, a snafu in the broadcast, if you will. Like, I know Kevin Leakes likes to break news, and he is the people's insider. Not sure the league wanted him letting everyone know that the Columbus Blue Jackets were picking third before Bill Daly had shown the card. Yeah, and, you know, to quash any confusion out there, the draw is done in a closed room an hour before the TV broadcast, and Frank Saravalli was there and wrote about it. They have the video on NHL.com, who Stephen Wino wrote a call, wrote an article as well, report for Canadian Press, Associated Press. So the, you know, the, the draw is done, and they want to present it in a way that maximizes suspense for the TV broadcast on NHL Network. And there was, so they, you know, they're counting down, okay, 14, 13, 12, and they get to what? Four, and they're like, okay, we're going to commercial break, and I don't know what happened, but Kevin Weeks revealed that Columbus was going to have the three pick, meaning two or one were were definitely Anaheim or Chicago, you know, as they went into commercial break, and Bill Daly didn't reveal the card. So I'm watching at home saying, wait, he just said Columbus was getting third, but they didn't show the card. What's what's going on here? And I think it, you know, this has been the premier lottery talking about this one for a couple of years, the Connor Bedard lottery. And, you know, you people are tuning in. You want to find out if you're going to get the pick. I know they're, you know, Colum- those teams, Columbus, Anaheim, Chicago, had the best odds. They're all fired up about it. For them to have uh, that kind of a screw-up on their big, like, big lottery. I mean, and look, I screw up here pretty much every day. So, like, I don't know if I should in a spot. But this is national TV. This is the biggest night. That's a big blunder. And I don't know if you... They blame like Kevin Weeks or a producer involved told him the wrong thing, but it kind of ruined it. Caught I think it, one it caused a lot of confusion when you were watching it, and also took away from whatever suspense there was. But I think more importantly, people are like what I'm kind of I think it confused a lot of people. It certainly hooked people in for the commercials in between that break um, because <laughs> people, as I said, weren't really too sure exactly what was going on and. And I was talking to a few friends that are heavily involved in production last night about it and just how that possibly happened. And I mean, we don't need to get too inside baseball here, but Mm -hmm. I do believe that most of this stuff was essentially recorded at the NHL HQ and then delivered to ESPN and Sportsnet as the, uh, as the broadcasters. And there was obviously a mistake in the order of some of the items that were, uh, that were being delivered. The week's hit, speaking of the Columbus pick, should have happened after Bill Daly showed that third card. So, um, listen, the bottom line is this was about who was getting the number one pick, and, you know, it certainly took a little bit away from the uh, the drama, if you will, and that would have been a really sour way to find out that you were picking third if you're a Columbus Blue Jacket fan last night. Uh, but once we got over the way that it was delivered by the National Hockey League on their uh, respective broadcast partners, Remo. Connor Bedard's going to be a Chicago Blackhawk, and 
I'm interested in your thoughts on this. I, I kind of said yesterday, I mean, for uh, the league, this probably would be a great landing spot for Bedard as far as maximizing his star power. He goes to an original six franchise in a great sports town. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of people that, you know, because of the way the Blackhawks handled the Kyle Beach situation, probably felt that they probably should have lost a couple of first-round picks and maybe shouldn't have even had the opportunity to pick in this draft. That is obviously not the case. Uh, and from a Jets perspective, a Jets fan's perspective, excited to get a chance to see Connor Bedard more than once a year, not that excited about the prospect of a Connor Bedard team led uh, in the Central Division being there in the playoffs for the better part of the next uh, decade or two. Yeah, and I'll just I'll just add one more thing. Just on the draft, you see people saying, "Oh, Chicago got it. It's fixed, fixed league." Um, here's the video that they put on NHL.com. So how it works is what they put in fourteen ball numbered balls, one to fourteen, and there's. 1,001 different combinations of um, 1,001 different combinations of you can get of four numbers and they pull out the four balls in 20 second intervals and whoever has that that uh, combination gets the pick so they wouldn't be great on TV but uh, watching this at NHL.com very cool and we had said yesterday us Chicago was our pick for to not get it for the reasons why they handled the Kyle Beach. A big tweet yesterday was, well, you know, New Jersey got docked a pick first rounder for their Kovalchuk contract, which was legal at the time. Arizona got docked a pick for working out draft eligible prospects too early. Seemed like Chicago got, didn't really get much of a They got punishment. a $2 million fine. They yeah. sold $5.5 million of season tickets last night. Yeah, so... I think it, for that reason, it's disappointing that Chicago, especially because, look, they just had a run of three cups, and you had Kane and Taze, and now it's restarting again. But for the NHL, I mean, this is probably the best the best place for Connor Bedard to go. Hockey, you know, the hockey mad place, you know, original six, history of success. So, I mean, it works out great. Sucks for Columbus, who seems to be left out of these uh, frequently. Um, Anaheim still gets a very good player in Adam Fantilli. You know, Detroit is the team who's has, you know, had some bad seasons and hasn't really been rewarded from the lottery. We want to see him to go to Detroit. So I think, and then the other part is, yeah, he's going to play for Chicago and we're going to be seeing him a lot here against the Jets, which I guess is good or bad because we, you know, Crosby and Ovechkin were on, you know, in the other conference. So we didn't see them a ton. So I guess good or good or bad. Yeah. So you, yeah. I mean, you know, just strictly, and I'm sure from a business perspective for the Jets, you know, having, you know, a player and a young superstar like Bedard in your division will probably help at the gate. Um, but as I said, I mean, just thinking from a competitive balance, I mean, putting a guy in that, you know, is mentioned in the breaths of some of the great players that have entered the league in the past 20, 30 years, having to deal with him and his team that has all of these picks that could be very, very good in a few years, maybe not the best scenario. But yeah, from a league perspective, the fact that he's in the central dime zone playing in a big market, uh, I think is is good for the league. And I was with you. I mean, we kind of kicked it around yesterday, basically talking about Chicago, Philadelphia, I thought would have been an excellent landing spot. And maybe that would have been a little preferable for, uh, you know, having him in the East Detroit as well. An original 16 that's sort of been on hard times that has a great history as well. And I, I was personally pulling for Columbus. 
because you'd get that East. And I think the Columbus Blue Jackets fans, I mean, it would have been really nice for them to finally have something go their way when it comes to this sort of event. But the ping pong balls have spoken and it is the Chicago Blackhawks. And, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, Remo, this is going to be fascinating to see how this team moves forward um, with all of the draft capital that they've acquired last year, this year, and next year. Um, this was, when we talk about rebuilds, this was a scorched earth rebuild. Everyone is gone. They did everything they could to get to the bottom of the league. Of course, the Ducks did manage to lose 13 in a row to finish off the season, and they were actually third chance. But they smiled. on The hockey got smiled in Chicago, as much as that might anger a lot of people. And Connor Bedard is going to the Windy City, and uh, that is going to be the big story at the first pick in draft in Nashville. But part of the other intrigue about this draft, Remo, is that it is so deep, and we'll talk to Chris Peters about this a little later on. It's so deep that, um, you know, even if you were picking in the middle of the top 10 or lower down, um, there's still real quality players. Maybe not a Connor Bedard or an Adam Fantilli, who's sort of the quote-unquote consolation prize to the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, but there are there can there's more than just a couple franchise players in this draft from what we hear. Yeah, and I, it seems like if you're picking in the top five, you're going to get a very uh, very strong player. If it's uh, Leo Carlson or Ryan or sorry Will Smith, uh, Matt Faye, Mitchkov, there's a, a lot of very good players and good players. You know, even lower down, Zach Benson, who'll be on the you know playing in the WHL Championship with the Winnipeg Ice. So um, there was so much intrigue about the lottery and. And I, I agree with you. You know, the way that Chicago tanked, so shameless as well. I mean, we talked about removing, you know, talking about taking away a pick for the way they handled the Kyle Beach situation. But the obvious shameless tanking was insulting to fans, their fans, fans of the National Hockey League. And to see them get rewarded, that just, I think, encourages more tanking. Although, you know, Anaheim tried their best, too. They still got number two. They're going to get a very good player as well, Adam Fantilli. But... This blatant, tank, like, you're like, why is Chicago trading away Alex Dabrinkat? Shouldn't they be rebuilding around him? Well, I mean, I mean it, seemed to, it seemed to work out pretty well for them. So I think that part is, is disappointing. I think it's disappointing, too. Yeah, well, I mean, a certain commissioner told us the teams don't tank. Oh, yeah, no, I guess I'm wrong, then. Too I don't much, know what too I'm talking about. Too much competitive integrity in the National Hockey League to have teams tank. Yeah, we all know what the truth is. And hey, one team was going to be uh, had a big smile on their face. It's Kyle Davidson and the and the blue and the Blackhawks. Not so happy for the Blue Jackets who drop out of the top two and end up picking three. And you know, for the Ducks in this miserable season they had and that 13 game losing streak that I uh, mentioned to end the season, they don't get Bedard. They do get Adam Fantilli. Pretty darn good spot. Um, as I say, as I said, Chris Peters has a full mock draft up at Flow Hockey uh, of the first 16 picks that were announced yesterday of the non-playoff teams. We'll touch on that with him, and that will also get his thoughts on the upcoming Western Hockey League Championship Series as well. Um, and I guess we will we'll find out where the Jets are picking probably, well, maybe as early as tomorrow. Because the Toronto Maple Leafs are not playing tonight. They face elimination tomorrow against the Florida Panthers. And the Panthers, ironically enough, were the only team that finished with less points than the Jets that made the playoffs. The Panthers were 92. The Winnipeg Jets were 95. 
But if the Panthers advance past this next round, uh, they will jump the Jets and pick later than Winnipeg. So uh, we'll in all likelihood be talking about a 17th overall selection um, once Florida takes care of the leaves. Yeah, assuming that they do, right? Has, you don't think Toronto's going to have a four-game comeback? I, I doubt it. I mean, listen, that's why they play the games. It's not over yet. But I think, uh, well, let's just say it's highly likely that the Florida Panthers will be in that final four. Uh, and uh, I, who knows even whether the Leafs can uh, Leafs can win that game tomorrow. Um, well, as I say, we'll have much more on this. Looking forward to Mike's takes on all of this, a little more on uh, the Jets offseason and uh, the ice series coming up. And we'll talk draft and WHF final, uh, HL final with Chris Peters a little later on. The draft lottery was the appetizer, though, Reem, because last night the main event was just one game, and it was in Edmonton. And the Edmonton Oilers got off to a great start again. Getting It wasn't Dreisaitl or McDavid. weren't Fogel scoring early on. But what a what pushback from the Vegas Golden Knights. We saw it in round one against the Winnipeg Jets. And Edmonton felt it big time last night. Just a really a real dud from the Oilers and a dominant performance by Vegas, including Aiden Hill coming in after Lauren Brassois was injured. He was perfect on the night. And uh, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know about you, but it, it felt like that series was two to one going into last night's game. I don't know whether it was the long break or just how thoroughly Edmonton whooped Vegas in game number two. But um this series is most definitely on right now, and the Vegas Golden Knights are halfway to moving on to the next round after last night's game. Yeah, it did feel like uh, feel like Edmonton it was, was all did they get, Edmonton. You know, did they get credit for two wins in Game Two? <laughs> Might have been the time change. I always enjoy the anthem in Edmonton too. Everyone singing along and giving them some maybe a goal for that, but. Um, you thought Edmonton, here we go again, Edmonton scoring early and Vegas, as you said, great pushback from Vegas has, and even more pushback from the team after losing Brossois, Eden Hill coming in. And I don't, I haven't seen who's going to be the starter, um, for game four for them. I'm assuming it'll be Aiden Hill again, but credit to him for stopping 22 of 22 on the Edmonton side, Stuart Skinner. You know, he had the bad game last round where Campbell was pulled and, or sorry, where he was pulled and Campbell's put in again yesterday. Um, you know, White Cloud walks in and, you know, pops one, Jack Eichel as well. So he gives up, what, he gives up four there. And, um, yeah, and, and they had to bring in Campbell. So I wonder what they're going to do. I think they'll still go with Skinner. He's been the guy. But uh, disappointing to have that game. And it's so crazy in the playoffs where, you know, these teams are so good, are so tight that, you have a game, Vegas dominates game one, Edmonton dominates game two. Now Vegas takes game three. What's going to happen in game four? And you even saw that in the New Jersey-Carolina series that goes tonight. You know, Carolina looks like, how are they going to be beaten in in games one and two? And then in game three, New Jersey puts up eight goals on them. So uh, it just shows you the swings of these series. And, you know, we talked about what's Jack Eichel going to look like in the playoffs in round one. That was a big topic here. And another great game for him with a goal and two assists yesterday. Yeah, Eichel had a great game. He's sort of been up and down throughout this these playoffs. And, I mean, it was no contest between Vegas's best players and Edmonton's best players in game number two. But, um, but listen, they, they stepped up. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Every time it's like, 
Vegas had the pushback. Their best players, way better than Edmonton. We're just going to be saying that for, I think, years, hey? Hey, well, I, listen, you know why it was said and why it resonated so much? is because it was true. And it was a very simple way of explaining what happened in a particular game. And I will use that explanation for last <laughs> night. And that the Vegas guys stepped up and, you know, and made things happen. And, I mean, it was a very strangely quiet game for Connor McDavid. Um, and Dreisaitl had a few great opportunities early on in the game, uh, but was unable to uh, to capitalize for uh, well, finally something not going in for Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, that being said, Wednesday night, tomorrow, huge day uh, with the Leafs playing and then the Oilers playing. So a big night for Sportsnet, that's for sure. So we'll get both Canadian teams in action. We'll touch these games tonight. Jersey, Carolina, Dallas, Seattle, a little later on on the program. But we're going to talk ice, uh, as we mentioned right off the top of the show. WHL final, moving to Canada Life Center. Brian Munn's joining us in just a second. Uh, do have to thank our great friends at Modern Man Barbershops, now open with eight locations in Winnipeg. Had a great time on Sunday at the grand opening of the new location on Pemina Highway, right close to Bishop. Also be having a grand opening for the new Plessy Road location coming up in the next couple weeks. Modern Men Barbershops offer a variety of grooming services, haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Find out more online or book your look at an appointment by a modernmanbarber.com and give them a follow on Instagram at modernmanbarbershops. Uh, we are going to get a little taste of summer later on uh, this week. And while it is spring right now, get ready for summer and make 2023 the year you take the plunge. Visit aqua-tech.ca to design your own custom pool. The Aquatech team can provide on-the-spot pricing from designers as well as financing options that suit you. And with thousands of home renovations as their foundation, let Aquatech upgrade any space in your home. If you're looking to finance, their team can provide plans that suit you. And with Mother's Day coming up on the weekend, folks, give mom the ultimate staycation destination this Mother's Day with over $1,000 off select spas, pools, and home rental projects. Plus, visit them on Instagram and enter to win mom $1,000 towards a she shed. I'm speaking of getting outside and golfing. How's your golf cart looking? Of course, you can get them at Consolidated Supply, but Manitoba Battery celebrating their 10th birthday with incredible savings, getting you ready for summer with blowing out golf cart batteries for everyone that you know uses their carts on the courses or from bombing around to lot to lot at your summer getaway. Right now at Manitoba Battery, 6-volt golf cart batteries are 167 8-volt golf cart batteries are 177 and those prices include free delivery anywhere within city limits. And when you return your cores to Manitoba Battery, you get another $17.50 off what's already the lowest price in Manitoba for golf cart batteries. Get them now so you can be ready for May long weekend and summer fun. The sale goes up until May 6th. Pop down and see them at 1026 Logan Avenue or check it out online at manitobabattery.com. And a big cheers to our friends at Canadian Club, Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, bomber training camp beginning this week and it won't be long till we're uh, cheersing each other up by the rum hut and join cc and of course the cc and ginger ale in cans you don't have to wait though for bomber games to get your hands on the cc and ginger it's now available in 473 milliliter cans at manitoba liquor marts and beer vendors around the city all right we got playoff hockey 
coming to downtown Winnipeg. Great news late yesterday that the Winnipeg Ice Seattle Thunderbird games are going to be played at Canada Life Center so more Manitoba hockey fans can get in and see what should be an incredible final. The voice of the ice, our pal Brian Munz, joins us now from Ice HQ. Munzi, uh, championship week is here. How are you? Hey, uh, I owe you, first of all, for reminding me it's Mother's Day this weekend. So <laughs> sincerely, thank you. Uh, hey, everything's awesome. We know uh, who the opponent's going to be. It was uh, quite the series between Seattle and Kamloops, and the Blazers gave them a run, but the Thunderbirds finished it off last night in Game 6. So I think it's kind of the one that everybody was expecting to see just based on the regular season, the way the two top teams finished the top of their respective conferences. And here we go on Friday night. Well, I mean, it is going to be phenomenal. I think anyone that's seen the ice play throughout the year or through the playoffs knows that, um, and followed the league, knows that this is somewhat of a collision course of the two best teams, and we've got it. But the best news, Munzee, yesterday for local hockey fans was the fact that this uh, arrangements have been made to have this series at Canada Life Centre. And uh, I imagine for the organization, it's huge. For the players, it's, I mean, they deserve to have big crowds considering what they've done. Um, this sounds like a real win-win-win for everybody involved, and uh, what a great venue that's going to be to uh, pack as many ice fans in on Friday night and Saturday night here downtown. Yeah, guys are excited about it for sure. Uh, obviously, they've been to a number of Jets games and Moose games on some off days, and you know a lot of these guys dream about playing in that building one day with an NHL contract under their belt, so it's a sneak peek for them to have this opportunity, and yeah, huge thanks, obviously, to everybody over at True North for making it possible. And, uh, you know, we're excited about it. It's a, it's a great opportunity to, you know, put a larger footprint on junior hockey here. Obviously, the Ice Cave inside Wayne Fleming Arena is a, a fantastic venue. It's so intimate. Uh, rink dimensions are a little bit different. So the Ice maybe have a bit of a home ice advantage uh, during the regular season. But I think by the time you get to this point and having gone through all the different games that they have, they can kind of take their game anywhere. And uh, and we're excited about this weekend for sure. When you break down the rosters, you look at the two sides, all the potential NHL players that are here, it's really a great opportunity for fans to to get a sneak peek. How, um, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure whether you uh, were privy to any of this, but I imagine there'd been a lot of work going on behind the scenes on the possibility of making this happen because, I mean, moving a series, and even though I knew, I mean, probably a lot of it had to do with whether the Moose were still playing in the playoffs, and obviously, right. unfortunately, they lost on Friday, but um, a lot of people working behind the scenes to make this happen and uh, get a big win for the team, the organization, but also local hockey fans. Yeah, those uh, those offices are bigger than mine. So uh, <laughs> I, I agree with you that, uh, you know, there is a lot of work that uh, was done to get it to where we are right now, and I was down at the other office. I'm at the ring training center right now where the team just wrapped up practice here in the last 90 minutes or so and going through all the different uh, media requests that uh, we have both on and off the ice right now it's it's been a busy few days obviously now that we know it's seattle and you know in conversation with the thunderbirds getting them set for when they come to winnipeg too and uh again i know in the quick conversation i had at our business office this morning that uh, everybody's kind of locked and loaded here so there's no downtime leading into Friday night at seven for sure for anybody involved. And, and again, it's just great to have the opportunity to head down there and 
and play in a venue like Canada Life Centre is. Uh, you and I have spent a lot of time in that building over the years. Oh, yeah. It's fun to uh, to get back down there for sure. Well, and for such a for such a big series and a big game between two, you know, incredibly talented teams, just before we start talking more about what the ice have been doing to get ready for the series and your thoughts on the matchup, yeah. uh, as far as hockey fans need to know, I mean, first things first, tickets are on sale right now. They went on sale at noon today. So whether you're listening on the podcast or you're with us live or even later on YouTube, you can get to that link. I mean, hit the ICE website. We'll retweet it out as well and get on that. Uh, just quickly, and I'm not sure how much info you have on this, but I mean, they had already sold basically a full building for both games. Um, yeah. Any idea about how that's working with folks that already had tickets for games to uh, make sure that uh, they've got their spot front and center for uh, the games on the weekend? Yeah, so that's a big part of it right now. Uh, obviously, anybody that had purchased a ticket that was planning on going down to the Ice Cave for Friday and Saturday, uh, someone from our office will be in touch uh, as the day continues on. And I know there's been uh, some digital communication that's gone back and forth already. So, um, you know, stay tuned for that. If you haven't heard from somebody here over the next day or so, make sure uh, you reach out and we'll we'll get you locked in to, to guarantee that you've got a seat coming up inside Canada Life Centre. But you know, for as low as $25, you can get a ticket to come watch the WHL Championship Series here presented by Nutrient. So you can't beat it. Uh, you know, there's obviously anywhere you go inside the building, there's different uh, price values. So you can go onto the Winnipeg Ice website right now at winnipegice.ca. And right on the top of the uh, page, there's a spot for game one or game two. And uh, click the game you want to come to. Hopefully you'll come to both. And and get a chance to watch some great hockey this weekend. But again, all the details are on the website, and uh, and we'll look forward to uh, having everybody down there. Um, Munzee, has there been a, a a full series schedule laid out yet? I mean, we knew yeah. that games one and two were going to be here. And, I mean, there was some speculation. Are they going to go two, three, two with the incredible distance between the two cities? So fill yeah. us in on the rest of the series. Yeah, so the schedule got released uh, late last night. It was about uh, 11.30 when uh, the Seattle and, and Kamloops series came to an end. So games one and two are here in Winnipeg, obviously, at Canada Life Center that we've been talking about. Friday night at 7, and then Saturday night at 6. We're going to bump it up an hour to make sure we get lots of kids and families out there to take advantage of a Saturday night, and you're back home by 8.30, 9 o'clock. So it's fantastic for them. Uh, the way it works in the league final is the Western Hockey League charters a plane. And uh, both teams jump on the same bird, and we'll make our way out to Seattle on Sunday. Teams will have a practice day on Monday. And then, like you alluded to, it is a 2-3-2. So games 3, 4, and 5 will all be played in Seattle Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, I don't know the travel plans coming home. I would assume we'll stay overnight and then fly back on Saturday. And then games 6 and 7 are coming up on the following Monday and Tuesday. Or pardon me, Sunday, Monday. So uh, all the all the schedule and everything's on WinnipegIce.ca, but it is a two three two, and it uh, should be a ton of fun. Well, there you have it, folks. There's the schedule, but uh, what you need to worry about right now is getting your hands on tickets for Friday at seven and Saturday at six for games one and two between these two teams. Um, you know, we'll get to the matchup in a second, but um, obviously the ice had a real test in round two. Um, they took care of Saskatoon. Um, four straight in round number three. Uh, what has been, uh, what's the last week been like for the ice as they prepare to uh, play a team that just finished off their opponent last night? Well, I think it was nice that they went through this after round one. 
because they got through Medicine Hat in four games, right? So that was kind of their first little test of how you deal with a layoff going into a big series, and they were able to do it. Moose Jaw's good, and you and I have talked about this for a long time. They could have easily been in this scenario getting ready to be in the final two as well. But, you know, Winnipeg's depth at the end of the night was able to uh, play out, and they won it in six. So they do have that experience. I think it was great for not only the players but the coaching staff to kind of manage the days and figure out how they wanted to handle it, maybe what they liked about their downtime after round one and maybe what they wanted to do a little bit different. Uh, So, you know, the schedule against Saskatoon, we wrapped up on Wednesday. We got back here around 8 o'clock the next morning. Players had a couple of days to themselves just to kind of get uh, acclimatized again. I know it's only an hour time change, but when you bus overnight, you get a bit of sleep, but you don't really. So Thursday was a good day for the players to kind of probably sleep most of the day. I think most of us did have intermittent naps. And then, uh, you know, Friday they were able to kind of kick back as a team and watch a little Stanley Cup playoff hockey. And then Saturday, Sunday, they were right back into the rink here, uh, doing both on and, and off ice work. And we got going on uh, Monday, and here we are into Tuesday already, looking forward to Friday. So it uh, it lightened the load a little bit for sure. But both Winnipeg and Seattle now have gone through 14 playoff games. Uh, Seattle had a bit of a, a shorter schedule in their first two rounds, and then they had to go six against the Blazers, and, and Winnipeg's played the same number of games. So I think by the time we get to Friday night, uh, both teams will be charged up again and ready to go. Uh, so uh, tell us about this matchup. I mean, uh, Jet fans are very familiar with Brad Lambert, who yep. uh, joined that team and has had great success since uh, you know moving to the Western Hockey League for the Moose earlier this year. But when you look at that Seattle team, I mean, there are plenty more first-rounders and top-level talents than um, than just the Lambo on the visitors. Yeah, there's uh, there's there's a ton of a ton of talent all the way through. Uh, you know, they've got ten drafted NHL players on their current roster. They had seven players that played at the World Junior Hockey Championship. Obviously, Brad Lambert played for Finland, but they had six members of Team Canada, including starting goaltender Thomas Millish. Uh, so when you put these two teams down on paper, if you kind of go one, one, two, two, three, three, all the way through, you get to the D. Like it's two evenly matched teams. It's it's the collision course we've been waiting for right now. So if you want to look at you know Brad Lambert's obviously their number one center. They've got Reed Schaefer who was involved in that uh, Matthias Ekholm trade from Nashville to Edmonton. Uh, Schaefer was an Edmonton pick. Now he's property of the Predators. So I think that shows the high regard they have of him. You know, Dylan Gunther started the year with the Arizona Coyotes, and uh, he's gone back now to the Western League to finish off this year. I think he played 33 games for the Coyotes before coming back to the dub. He scored the uh, OT winner for Canada in the World Juniors, too, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Krinkovic's a veteran player that played with, uh, you know, the Saskatoon Blades for the majority of his career. So ice fans and junior hockey fans know what, what he's all about. Uh, you've got the three kids that – played alongside Zach Benson at the top prospects game earlier on this year. So not only do you have drafted players already, but you know, there's three guys there and, and obviously Benson for us, that uh, is going to be part of the draft coming up this summer, coming up in Nashville. So there's, there's players all over this, this roster. I know the free press and, and uh, the Winnipeg Sun were down here this morning, Josh and Scotty were here and and we were kind of going through all the rosters with head coach, James Patrick and, it's quite uh, quite the matchup of, of players that are here that uh, we're going to get a chance to see coming up this weekend before a lot of these guys turn pro as early as next year. 
Well, and of course, as far as the home team goes, um, you know, we talked a lot about Zach Benson, who uh, is almost assuredly going to hear his name called in the top 10 in Nashville. But it was a top 10 pick from last year in Matt Savoy, who joined us on WST a week or two ago, that has been absolutely on fire right from the get-go. WHL Player of the Week just announced last week. I mean, uh, Munzee, fill us in for people that maybe haven't seen on uh, what has been clicking for the Winnipeg Ice and the guys that have really been uh, carrying the mail for the team all the way to this championship final. Yeah, I think, Huss, the biggest thing I'd say about them right now is they're consistent, right? Like, you don't see a lot of ebbs and flows in this team. And, and I think back of it, and probably the most important part, is the way they handled that adversity in the Moose Jaw series. Again, the Warriors, you know, gave them a good challenge in round two. Some people thought that may have should have been the Eastern Conference Championship Series, but it wasn't, obviously. The Blades had a better regular season, so, you know, they were able to kind of get their way through to round three, and and Winnipeg caught them where they just kind of ran out of gas. They had some key injuries, and, uh, and the ice were able to take advantage of that. So you look at Matt Savoy, who had – 27 points in 14 games. You look at Zach Benson, who had 12 points in 10. Connor McLennan's kind of the third man on that trio who's got 13 goals in the 14 games that he's played for. And, you know, those three have been really dynamic together for a lot of the back half of the season here. And then the other big part of it right now is, you know, you've got the supporting pieces on each side, but you've got Zach Ostopchuk, who was a member of that gold medal winning team for Canada, the World Juniors, and you've got Connor Geeky down the middle. And when you can go one, two, three, bring those guys off the bench and then not forget about a guy like Briley Wood, who's such an important piece on that fourth line that scored the game-winning goal against Saskatoon in game four to get them the 3-2 victory over the Blades, they're getting contributions from everybody. So that, uh, that to me, has been a, a huge reason why they're 12-2 and two right now in the playoffs. Uh, what do we know about the goaltending matchup? We certainly know the guy that's going to be going for the ice. All he does is win. What about yeah. the other side? Yeah, Thomas Millich, uh, Canada's gold medal winning netminder, right? And you look at the numbers that he's been able to put up through the 14 games Seattle has played. Like he's 12-2, and two, so he's played every minute so far. Scott Ratzlaff, who's one of their draft-eligible netminders that will be selected coming up this summer in Nashville, hasn't played a minute of playoff hockey yet. Millich has been the, the guy all the way through. His goals against us right now is 1.85, and his save percentage sits at 934. So they haven't given up a lot through their first three rounds of the playoffs. And, and that's what's going to be a lot of fun because Daniel Hauser's done the same thing through the three years that you know Winnipeg hockey fans have watched him 10 net here for the, for the Winnipeg Ice. So it's, it's a fantastic matchup in net. Neither guy's really big. Like there are two players that uh, are kind of on the smaller end of, of net minders that uh, maybe you're used to seeing now. So it, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun in the blue ice for sure. You know what is interesting, and it stands out. You mentioned Milich was, you know, the Canada goalie, and yep. Hauser. I mean, has just been putting up ridiculous numbers ever since he showed up here. Uh, a battle of undrafted goalies as well. It is, it is, and uh, tell you what, my inbox has been flooded here over the last twenty-four hours since we found out that Seattle was coming in because the scouts wanted to kind of wait and see who it was going to be. There would have been interest as well for Kamloops, but they know. They've got a chance to uh, watch the Blazers coming up at the Memorial Cup because they're the host team. But to have these two, you could say it's the best of the West against the beast of the East. And, uh, you know, these these lineups are locked and loaded, and there's going to be a ton of NHL scouts in the building, and 
it's the last kind of team standing here right now in Western Canada other than the Oilers. So it's going to be a ton of fun. Hey, uh, just before we go up, uh, how's uh, how's our pal Jeep doing? James Patrick, head coach, I'm sure he's excited. They've worked all season long to get to this. You kind of mentioned what the team has been doing behind the scenes to prepare for this series. But uh, what does he have to say about the uh, matchup against Seattle? And interested in what he thought of the uh, move to the bigger venue to pack some more fans in, hopefully behind the home team on the weekend. Yeah, I, I think the entire coaching staff is excited about it. Uh, they're busy. They're just on the other side of the computer here right now on the other side of the wall, pouring through their video and, and getting their preparations because as we all know, they've had a week now without kind of knowing. Yeah. So I think there's been a lot of prep done for two teams where now they can kind of throw away the Kamloops stuff or maybe put it in the other shelf and hopefully need it in a couple of weeks when you're getting ready for, for the next round, if they can get by Seattle here, but uh, the singular focus is for sure on the Thunderbirds and plus you've been around a team, you know how much goes on behind the scenes and there's no secrets anymore with all the video that's out there. They can watch all the games. They can break it down shift by shift. They can go through the special teams and there's a lot of long hours right now for James Patrick and Terrace McEwen for sure. And, and obviously for Larry and Byron uh, working with the club too. Well, and of course you mentioned Kamloops. They are not done yet because uh, they are the host of the Memorial cup and, um, you know, I think all three of those teams very worthy of playing in the event, but uh, it'll be Kamloops, but it's only going to be one of Winnipeg or Seattle, and uh, it's whoever that's left standing after what should be a great best of seven. Now, I know it's going to be a real busy week for you, Munzee, but uh, we're going to be all over it. We'll talk a little bit more about the matchup with Chris Peters a little later on, and uh, good luck to the fellas. Uh, looking forward to being there on the weekend. It should be a great atmosphere for an awesome series that gets going on Friday night at 7. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Uh, it's been a long time coming. This organization's been kind of building to this point. And uh, now that we're here, I'd like to fast forward the clock a little bit, to be honest with you. I wouldn't mind Friday maybe coming up uh, maybe in the next 24 hours. But as I say that, there's a lot to get done by that point too. So we'll look forward to seeing a jammed building downtown this weekend for sure. Yeah, I guarantee everyone in the business office is happy that they've got a couple extra days <laughs> of everything that comes from changing the venue like that. But um. Hey, it's going to be awesome. We'll be there. I know tons of people excited in the chat for it, and uh, we'll be uh, getting ready for puck drop. And it's going to be so gorgeous over the next couple of days too. Yeah. It's sort of it, that you know what? That's that playoff weather. You know when you you know when you're making it and you're playing when it's 26 and 27 outside that you've had a good playoff run, and that's uh, exactly what both of these teams had. Brian, thanks so much for doing this, and all the best to the ice on the weekend. All right, Huss. Thanks for the support. Appreciate it. Good stuff. There is Brian Munns. And uh, again, go to the ICE website, click on that link. Tickets are on sale now for the games one and two at Canada Life Center announced yesterday, just after we finished up the program. We'll talk a little bit more about this with Mike, as well as a number of the other stories in and around Winnipeg sports. But folks, with this gorgeous weather, um, barbecue season is here. And uh, hey, if you're looking for great prices on natural organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, and Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, our friends at Vita Health have you covered with seven Winnipeg locations. Now, uh, it is barbecue season, and uh, that means it's time to get down to Vita Health and stock up on delicious Vita Market grass-fed bison and beef steaks. And the perfect thing to help you digest that red meat, health first primezyme, digestive enzymes. Symptoms like heartburn, gas, bloating, and abdominal pain after meals may be signs that you're not digesting food well. Health first primezyme can help supplement enzyme levels 
to help break down proteins, carbohydrates, fats, and lactose, and reduce digestive discomfort. That way you can enjoy the delicious food that you're cooking. Uh, seven Winnipeg locations for Vita Health Fresh Market. If you can't make it down, visit their website at myvita.ca to buy online. Um, I wanted to give a quick thanks again to the folks at the Dream Factory. Just got a great note from them thanking uh, ourselves, Wallace and Wallace and Josh Morrissey for the Unsung Hero program that benefited them all year. What a great charity they are. Uh, and we're hopefully looking forward to doing that again next year. Thanks to our wonderful sponsors at Wallace, Wall uh, Wallace and Wallace, who are busy, busy right now as Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialists serving residential and commercial customers since 1946. Uh, if your property needs the security and protection of a new fence, or if winter's done a number on your old one, they've got you covered with vinyl, ornamental, welded wire, chain link, or wood fences. And if it's time to replace your garage door needed service, they're the go-to people for that too, with Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. Uh, give them a call, 452-2700. The Wallace and Wallace team will arrange a time to come out and give you a free estimate. Find them online at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road off of Keniston. And uh, how is the uh, the closet looking, fellas, heading into spring and summer? Well, uh, if you need to up your menswear game with the turn of the seasons, head on down to F Apparel at 190 Smith Street. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, but that's just where it starts. Chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, an incredible selection of menswear accessories awaits you at F. If you're in a wedding party this summer, talk to the guys at F about a 15% discount when you get your suits there. And uh, if you've got a 2023 high school grad that needs a suit for the big day, hook them up with a free custom shirt and tie with the purchase of a new suit valued at about 150 bucks. 190 Smith Street downtown. Find out more or make an appointment online at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. And with this gorgeous weather coming into a town over the next few days, perfect time to get your blizzard on at uh, one of your local Nick and Nicky DQs. Four locations with the DQ in Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. All your favorite ice cream treats headlined by the blizzard with new summer blizzard flavors in right now. Of course, you can grab those great stack burgers if you're hungry. And if you do need a DQ ice cream cake or a blizzard cake for an upcoming event, feel free to hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. They'll customize it however you want it for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. All right. Let's get Remo back in here. And uh, Remo, we're going to have Mike McIntyre join us in a little bit. But uh, it was great to have Munzee on. I, you know, having worked in business offices of teams before, I uh, was thinking about the people there, there behind the scenes and everything that they're doing right now, now that it has been confirmed that these games are moving to Canada Life Centre. A lot of ticketing work to be done, but the bottom line is this uh, this is going to be such a great series. It needs to be available to more folks, and credit to everyone that made this happen. I cannot wait for Friday. Yeah, a lot of ticketing work. I'm sure a lot of logistics and staffing going on to make the change, so uh, very exciting. And I did see Carter Brooks uh, tweet out, us that games 3-7, to seven will be on TSN. So that's exciting as well. And yeah, if it does go, so games one and two, uh, Friday, Saturday, and if it does go to game six or seven, that would be May 21 and 22 here 
The part that was more interesting to me, and we could talk about this for a long time, I mean, all teams on the same plane? Um, <laughs> how's that going to work? Do they have, like, mm. uh, is there, like, blank mm. rows in between the teams? Um, very Front interesting to, back, to hear. One side of the aisle for the ice, one side of the aisle for the T-Birds, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I thought they would cut it in half. I guess each side. Yeah, there's an ice side and a T-Bird side. And <laughs> that could probably be... front and back. It's probably front and back. I, think... yeah, I don't know. We got to hear how it's going to go. Like, what if there's some bad blood? Could we see plane scraps? I think we're going to need a live camera. Yeah, what sort of security do we have on that flight? Yeah. Great questions. Great questions. Well, we'll touch base with Munzee in Seattle and find out how that goes. But focus right now is on uh, Friday and Saturday and uh, we'll talk about that and much more with Mike McIntyre who joins us now taking a minute outside and enjoying this gorgeous weather that's uh, coming into the city for the next few days what's good Mike how are you well and, and you know what we sort of led with that today because um I was so fired up yesterday when I got the the notice that this series had been moved to uh, move to Max Bell. What great news for local hockey fans yeah. that this series is moving downtown. I'm sure there's a lot of work behind the scenes, uh, and I'm sure there were some questions. The fact that they were selling tickets at Max Bell made me think that, obviously, if the Manitoba Moose were playing, maybe this wouldn't be possible. Yeah. But credit to everyone involved, whoever made this happen. This is a great thing for the local hockey community and obviously big for the ice and the players who have been playing in this small rink. I mean... This championship series deserves a bigger venue and a bigger crowd than they've been able to have at the ice cave. Oh, for sure. This is a, this is a big moment. And in fact, for probably a lot of these players, us, this might be the biggest stage they play on in their prof in their careers. Uh, a lot of these kids, I mean, some will certainly go on, you know, potentially to pro careers, whether it's in the, the NHL or the AHL or other leagues, but, uh, I mean, some of these kids, this is as far as they get, right? So to be playing in the WHL Championship Series and you look around at other markets and, you know, they're packing buildings, double digit, you know, in the thousands, tens of over 10,000 in some markets. Uh, and so for sure to, to you know, only have a, a maximum of a couple thousand here, I'm sure has been difficult to digest. But yeah, kudos to all the, the players in this because... Um, Look, I mean, if you boil it down, uh, the ice are competition in a way for True North. Certainly, I, I wouldn't say for the Jets product, but I mean, the ice are in a similar price point as the Manitoba Moose. And I've written about this. There's only so much discretionary spending to go around. So for them to make this happen... Um, you know, and I agree, Haas. I think if the Moose were still alive in the playoffs, I, I don't suspect we would have seen this happen. Um, but once the Moose did get eliminated the other night in Milwaukee, a uh, great job by everybody to, to make it happen. And it should certainly make for a, a better atmosphere. Uh, let's hope they sell a whole lot of tickets. I mean, they're the only show in town right now, right? And And you get the added bonus, of course, of it being the Seattle Thunderbirds and one of the most exciting Winnipeg Jets prospects on the Thunderbirds, along with a, a guy like Dylan Gunther, who started the year in the NHL and looks like a really good player. So there's going to be a lot of talent on display and a lot of reasons, I would suspect, for, for hockey fans to get out this weekend. You know, I was on uh, with Rod Peterson earlier today, and we were talking about this a little bit, and he asked me, 
what I thought the crowd was going to be. And I've been kicking that around. What, let me hit you with that one. I mean, uh, what do you think we'll see on uh, Friday and Saturday night for this uh, championship series? You know, considering that this has just been sort of dropped on everyone, that it is downtown. I'll set the over-under at 5,000, and I'll take the over on that. Um, maybe not by a ton, but... I know the Moose drew around 4,000, I think, for their couple home games. And, of course, those were happening around the same time Huss as the Jets were were also playing a couple home games. Um, so it's a little less crowded field. But, of course, it's also we're now into May. As you can see outside here, the weather's beautiful. Forecast looks great. I think they're predicting, like, mid to upper 20s by the weekend. So, you know, that may be, some people may have already had plans. Maybe they're going out to the cottage. But I, I do think the the attraction of seeing, you know, a, a, a bona fide heavyweight junior hockey team like the Ice and another heavyweight in, in Seattle and then the added bonus of being able to see a kid like Brad Lambert and with the stakes so high, right? The winner of this goes to the Memorial Cup. This is not a this is not a first round or even second or third round series. The stakes are as high as they get in junior hockey. So I think all of that should combine to get uh, a pretty good contingent out. Mm-hmm. Uh, put it this way, a lot more than would have been able to pack inside uh, uh, Wayne Fleming had it remained there. Yeah, no doubt about that. I I, I mean, I'm hoping they push to, to fill that lower bowl. And I'll tell you what, depending on, especially now with the series, as Remus just mentioned, games three to seven being on TSN. That, um, yeah. You know, if the team can, you know, play well at home um, and, you know, be able to watch the, the series on the road, um, you know, you could have a really, really good crowd with a little bit more time to sell tickets for game six and seven a little later on. Kevin Kowalk saying, curious if concession prices will be Jets prices or WHL. I, I imagine everything will just be, I mean, that's a, it's a Canada Life Centre event. I don't think Production, they're, right. yeah, I mean, they're not bringing in a whole bunch of new things. I mean, it'll sort of be, although maybe if you're lucky, your Jets app will work for 25% off if you're a season <laughs> ticket holder. We'll be testing that on the, uh, on the yeah, weekend. I'm- we, we don't know the intricacies of how this deal exactly worked out, but I, I would be curious. Just the nosy, the nosy news snoop in me would love to know what the arrangement here is. I mean, did the WHL kick something in here too to make this happen? I don't know. Um, and, you know, I got to think that certainly concession revenue is going to end up in True North's pockets. It's their building. They obviously have to pay their staff. Um but the building was going to otherwise be empty, right? It's not like they're moving concerts or... It's got to be start. a win-win for everybody involved. For sure. for sure. And, I mean, the other the other part of this that we don't know the answer to this, Huss, like, is this the last hurrah for the ice in this market? I don't know. Um, certainly there's been speculation to that extent. Um, and so does that, you know, maybe get some more people out as well? The feeling that hey, I don't know if this team's even going to be around much longer in this market to go watch. So and there's a lot of storylines in play for sure. And I think at the end of the day, as you point out, uh, it's hockey fans in this community who are the ultimate winners. Yeah, so uh, folks, uh, no excuses. If you're thinking you wanted to go, but the uh, ice cave is sold out, well, it's not anymore. Tickets are on sale now for Friday and Saturday night. Um, let's get to last night before we get to the uh, Jets offseason. season. <laughs> 
the ping pong balls smiling on the Chicago Blackhawks. And I said at the start of the, uh, the, um, the, the show, Mike, from a Jets fan perspective, be nice to be able to see Connor Bedard two, three times a year in the Central Division. Might not be the greatest thing having to go through him and a team that is going to be so loaded with high-end picks in a few years considering the scorched earth nature of the rebuild that paid off in spades last night. Chicago is absolutely primed to be a juggernaut in in a few years potentially, Huss. I mean, I'm not saying they will be next year. Connor Bedard may not have a lot to work with uh, when he steps into that lineup next season, but the Blackhawks have a few things going for them. Uh, they already had... This is before winning the lottery last night. One of the better prospect pools, at least that's how many pundits viewed it, that they have. And part of that is because they've kind of been lousy for a few years now. Not as lousy as they were this year, but they've they've drafted and certainly they're in the development stage with some of their young prospects. So there already was a feeling that the pool was fairly deep when it came to the Blackhawks. Well, now they just made an enormous splash, obviously, with landing Connor Bedard. And the other thing they have going for them, Huss, they have almost no salary commitments. Like, And as you say, part of that is the scorched earth, Kane and Taze and, and all that happened there. Like, They are clearing the books. So they will be able to not only retain their own homegrown, drafted and developed stars, but open the checkbook and potentially land all kinds of big free agent fish. And if you're a free agent, I mean, first of all, Chicago's a pretty attractive market and it's rich history and it's just a great city and the original six, all that. But now though, the idea that you could also go play with one of the most exciting, you know, up and coming young stars in the game. Um, as you say, the Blackhawks, uh, they, their rebuild could be on uh, mock speed here and yeah, I mean, they're in the same division as the Winnipeg Jets. So uh, get used to it, Jets fans. Uh, we're going to probably see a lot of the Blackhawks here in the coming years. Mike, we didn't talk going into it, but I'm interested before everything fell the way that it did. What do you think was the best case scenario for the NHL? And what was the worst case scenario for the NHL? Well, I think, I mean, I could almost argue that Arizona would have been the best and the worst case. I mean, if you believe that Arizona is a salvageable market, and I, I don't, at this point, I, I don't know that it is. I, I, I know Gary Bettman, as stubborn as he is, he's going to stay there as long as possible. I, I just feel in a lot of ways the ship or the ships, multiple ships have sailed. But if you believe that Arizona is salvageable, certainly getting a Connor Bedard, um, would would help the cause, I guess. And, you know, uh, looking a couple of years down the road, maybe it helps get Austin Matthews there, right? Like when he's a free agent. Um, but I also think having Connor Bedard play in that joke of, a, an, a, of an arena, starting his career in, in a college barn in front of 5,000 people in, in a market that cannot get its act together... I mean, it would have added kind of a Mickey Mouse element to it. That was so the worst. I, I'm with you. I'm with you 100. And I don't think for a second that that was at all a thought that that would be a good thing for the NHL to have him playing way out west in yeah. a 
completely concur, a joke of a situation. I mean, that would have been a disaster for the NHL. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, conspiracy theorists, they wanted to go to Arizona. Why would they want that? Like, I, I there's absolutely nothing that convinces me that, I mean, unless it was their own team and they were owning it. And uh, yeah. I mean, the, the only one thing I'll say is the value of that franchise would skyrocket, maybe look a lot more attractive to move to somewhere that didn't have a team that, and maybe that's a good thing for the league. Sure. Um, I, you know, I think just on paper, the best scenario would have been Vancouver, right? He's the, the local kid. Um, it, it would have been a great story. We know that he's talked about, growing up a Canucks fan. So that would have been a real marketable scenario. But I mean, in some ways, Huss, like there's a number of teams, whether it's Montreal, obviously would have been a, a pretty dynamic get for, for them. Philadelphia, just again, you know, their, their history kind of being a big market, like they are a hockey craze market. Um, I could argue that Chicago is also the best and worst scenario. The best, again, great city, great fan base, rich hockey history, original six, and a major needle mover when it comes to the NHL in terms of, whoops, we just lost the phone there, Huss. <laughs> um, I'm using a makeshift uh, stand here, and we got a little gust of wind. So, um, you know, uh, a needle mover in terms of, of the bottom line and, and ratings and all that. So, But then there's the offshoot, and we're seeing that now play out in real time, right? The Kyle Beach scandal, the idea that Chicago, some people feel, were never really punished for their mishandling of that situation. A $2 million fine to the organization, which has quickly been eclipsed, in fact, doubled, maybe tripled at this point in new season ticket sales just in the last 12 or so hours. Um, there's a feeling that that a team that didn't do things the right way way has now been rewarded and that's left a bitter taste in some mouths so I, I i feel like it's a bit of a a win but also a lose for the nhl by having chicago be the team yeah i, I mean just thinking about maximizing the star power of a player like that i mean I, I don't think that you know being on the west coast would have been a great thing for the national hockey no. league overall uh, anaheim that, yeah like exactly anaheim yeah. arizona for sure the Sharks, I mean, you know, you do run the risk of having just not that accessible to the majority of fans, you know, with the population centers uh, over on the East Coast. That being said, Chicago works for a number of reasons. And we've talked about the history, um, you know, that is a big, big market. He'll be a star immediately. And, you know, and to use your term, I mean, he is a real needle mover. I was sort of with you. I mean, Philly, Detroit were a couple other spots that I think would have been good. And thank God he did not go to the Montreal Canadiens. That's my editorial <laughs> of all of this. Yeah. The, the so thought of in two years, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Bedard reminding us every single day about that um, would have been a very tough to swallow. So uh, That actually uh, might have, though, that might have slammed the door shut on the Dubois talk, though, potentially. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, they, they, if, they had, if they now had a Connor Bedard, who obviously has his entry-level deal, but you know his next contract's going to be a doozy. Um, and maybe they, you know, I don't know if that would have changed things. The, the one, though, uh, let me just say my own little dark horse, a team that I was kind of rooting for, Huss, that nobody talks about, and, man, did they ever get shafted last night, was Columbus. Oh, I've actually, 
I've been to Columbus a number of times. It's a great town. It really is. Oh, yeah. I know people don't think much of Columbus and look, they haven't really accomplished anything, but I'll say this about the blue jackets. They, they didn't deliberately tank this year, the way the Blackhawks did. They, they, they were hit by an incredible run of bad luck and injury. And yet they still played hard and they competed and they've got some nice pieces there. Obviously Patrick Laine, Johnny Gaudreau, they got Zach Rowenski, who like missed the whole year basically on the blue line. Uh, and he could have been like, that's a good market. It really is. And a guy like Connor Bedard in Columbus could have, you know, instantly vaulted that franchise in, in, in onto the map um, when right now they're kind of an afterthought. And they were an afterthought on the broadcast last night when they spoiled the fact that they weren't even in the final two. Uh, and how bad did did you feel for their watch party that was going on? Oh, what a Which mess! Just kinda, it just disappeared from the screen, right? It's like, oh yeah, those guys are gone and gone and forgotten. <laughs> just, just, just move it right out. Watch. A live removal of the uh, Columbus watch party uh, party from it. <laughs> um, so Bedard's going to be a Blackhawk in all likelihood. Adam Fantilli will go to Anaheim and be uh, the next member of the Ducks and. Then the Blue Jackets will have a very interesting decision. And Chris Peters is going to join us a little later on. He's sort of speculating that Mitchkoff might go three to the um, uh, to the, the the Blue Jackets, considering where they are. They might have the uh, opportunity to take that big swing um, and basically wait a little longer for a player that might have the highest upside out of Connor Bedard. Um, I think we just lost Mike. We'll try and uh, reconnect with uh, Mike right away on that. Uh, of course, we will get to, I'm interested in what Mike had to say about that uh, ugly performance by the Oilers last night. Um, you know, a great start. You get a break with Lauren Brassois getting injured, and then Aiden Hill comes in and just absolutely shuts the door. And the Vegas Golden Knights, very clearly the best team in that matchup last night. Um, the... Uh, we, we And we don't know who the goalie for game four is. Of course, Stewie Skins got yanked last night. Jack Campbell did come in, his second appearance. Now, when Jack Campbell went in earlier in the playoffs, uh, backstopped the team to a big comeback win uh, against the Los Angeles Kings, he still is a possibility. I think they maybe go back to Skinner, but at the same point, I think that there certainly is a possibility that... Uh, we could see Jack Campbell at some point in this series, if not starting game number four. That game's tomorrow night, and what a big night we've got. It's going to be uh, Leafs early facing elimination, and then the Oilers uh, playing a little li- later on. Uh, we've moved indoors uh, and uh, have Mike uh, Mike returning. Uh, quick I, audible. I literally overheated, Huss. My, my phone... I was doing it on my phone in the backyard. I guess it was getting a little too much direct sun. And uh, it just, I'm kind of like Rick Bonus after game five. I overheated. <laughs> uh, and, and we lost the connection. So, yeah, we've had to well, take it inside here. Well, it's good to have you back. And, I mean, you mentioned Rick Bonus. I mean, let's sort of transition over yeah. to the Jets. I mean, there wasn't a lot of Jets suspense yesterday. Uh, we're just waiting to see if Florida moves on to that final four for right. final confirmation of the Jets draft pick. And certainly the scouts are working right now and putting their finishing touches on their list. But I imagine the draft it in itself 
is probably uh, pretty low down on uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff's daily to-do list right now. Agreed. Uh, that's not to say that his, you know, amateur scouting department isn't working hard, but you're right. There's a lot of other things that he's got to uh, check off and, um, you know, whether or not the Jets have additional draft picks when it comes to uh, getting to Nashville at the end of June um, or, you know, what players are on the roster, what holes they might have. Uh, there's a lot of question marks for sure. Uh, I mean, the fact is the Jets, I believe it's now what, they're going to draft 18th or 19th, right? I think it's one of those two, depending on if it's Florida that... Uh, Wouldn't it be that, 17th? Or it could be 17th, right? If Florida, I think if Florida beats Toronto, <clears throat> the Jets should be hoping for Florida to beat Toronto because it, yeah. it does it does bump them up. Um, and we know it's a deep draft, so there's the potential to get a really good player at 17. But look, the, the player they're getting, at se- if it's 17 or 18, that player is not going to help them win next season, probably a few seasons away. Oh, it will be 18, by the way, because the Jets actually had more points than the Panthers and the Islanders. Okay. Islanders are out, so Islanders, I think you can put in at 17, and assuming the Florida Panthers win, the Jets will be on the clock at 18. 18. Yeah, and if and then if Florida doesn't win, I believe Florida jumps ahead of Winnipeg and Jets yeah. will get 19. So whether it's 18 or 19, uh, again, they should be getting a good player, but not one that's going to help them immediately and not one that's going to solve any of Kevin Sheveldayoff's long list of issues that he has uh, with his team, Huss. Um, and so, I mean, I think the, the order uh, – the order of his to-do list, to me, uh, I think it starts with Connor Hellebuck and getting some clarity as quickly as possible on Connor Hellebuck's situation. And, you know, isn't it interesting, Huss, as teams kind of fall by the wayside here in the Stanley Cup playoffs, um, goaltending. Goaltending is always such a big storyline in the playoffs, right? And you wonder... Are there potentially additional teams that maybe we didn't have in the equation that now could suddenly be in the market for a goaltender based on maybe some disappointment of of how their season played out? Um, you know, and I th- one one team I throw out there is a team like Boston, which is crazy because they got the guy that's probably going to be the runaway winner of the the Vesna, and they had the 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 best goals against in the league but um you know there's a lot of feeling like where they came short ultimately against florida was in the goaltending department which is not what anybody would have expected um you know i think there's teams like los angeles uh again they they put their hope on Jonas corpusalo's shoulders and that didn't really work out so are the kings a potential suitor because they got a lot of other great pieces in place I go back to a team like the Red Wings, um, you know, obviously where there's the hometown fit for Hellebuck. I just wonder if there's a lot more teams than maybe we're even thinking of, even like the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, and maybe the Avalanche now, maybe they also need a center Huss. Uh, they, they probably did to begin with. And then they got the the brutal news today oh. about Landeskog. Um, and so you wonder now, as we turn our sights to guys like Dubois and Shifley, like is, is, are the Avalanche potential suitors? And so, Again, I think if you're Kevin Sheveldayoff, you're open for business. You have to be. And I, I would imagine that if he hasn't already, that he's going to be spending a lot of time on his phone in the coming weeks. 
uh, listening to offers. He should be. Yeah, no doubt about that. Just by the way, if you had missed that, um, Gabe Landeskog will miss all of next season uh, after injury that cost him this year. Good thing he got that cup ring when he did. And uh, that's a popular, respected player. But a huge blow to a Colorado, and he they he really be, missed he him. He may be done. Oh, he may a, be done a, for good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they, they really missed him this year. Yeah, uh, you know, on the ice, in the room as the uh, as the captain as well. Um, so Mike, back to the back to the Jets. Um, I'm a, in agreement with you. I mean, I think the first thing that happened is they talked to Connor Hellebuck and see the realistic nature of an extension, and if that does isn't the case, then you start. <clears throat> figuring out what might be the best move. And I think from a Jets perspective, and this maybe isn't unique to Hellebuck, but the players that with one year left, uh, maybe allow them or at least get a list of teams they would be con- open to extending with because yeah. uh, you're obviously in a better situation if you're trading a player knowing that he's going to be there long-term as opposed to for just one year. So that's going to be happening with Hellebuck. Uh, the conversations I'm sure will happen with Dubois, uh, not a lot of optimism that anything good happens when it comes to him signing long-term. But I do want to know, do you think the Winnipeg Jets will engage Mark Shifley and his agent and talk about an extension? Or um, do you think that's not in the plans from a Jets perspective? Oh, I think they'd at least engage for sure. And I do wonder how much of how fruitful that that is is based on Connor Hellebuck's answer. Like if they go to Mark Shifley and say, Connor Hellebuck wants to stay here. What about you? Um, you know, if that's something that would change his tune. Now, there's certainly the argument to be made that, you know, maybe a change of scenery is best for both parties when it comes to the Jets and Shifley, since um, when we talk about some of Rick Bonus's frustrations with this or, um, and you go back to both Paul Maurice and Dave Lowry's issues, I think a lot of the finger pointing goes towards Mark Shifley and the feeling like, are we just spinning our heels here? And, you know, kind of the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. Um, but I, I, I think if you're the Jets, you're at least listening to what Shifley and his camp would be looking at, what they think his next contract, which, you know, is his last big contract given his age, uh, what that would look like. You know, I also wonder, Huss, if there's not the potential for a sign-in trade, which we don't see happen a whole lot in the NHL, but one thing the Jets can do is offer that additional year, right? Because players like, whether it's Dubois or Hellebuck or Shifley, uh, they're under team control right now. So if those guys are looking for a max eight-year deal versus seven years, which is what the max they could get uh, if they were to be traded to a team and then sign, you know, could could the Jets, and that's where, to your point, it would behoove the Jets to find out, you know, both from the player's perspective, but also then from the team's perspective around the league, who might be interested um, because that's how you drive the price up, right? That's how you get a better return. If if teams know they're not just getting a one-year rental, but a long-term foundational piece, certainly the return would reflect um, that kind of investment. Mike, um, 
we're obviously spending a lot of our time talking about Hellebuck. We're talking about the two centers. I mean, those are the real hot spots and the uh, the brightest lights, if you will. But there's a lot more that is going to need to be figured out before we get to training camp next year and really the start of the season when roster decisions have to be made. How do you see things shaking out on the blue line yeah. considering talented young players on the Manitoba Moose, the likes of Declan Chisholm, Leon Kavanka, Billy Hainala, who will not be waiver exempt next year? Yeah, and if you're the Jets, you just mm. cannot, you can't have Johnny Kovacevic you know, part two or three or four with any of those guys, the guys that you've invested in, drafted and developed. I mean, you know, Vili got a, a, a tiny little sniff this year. Declan Chisholm and Leon Gavanke didn't get a whiff. And Leon Gavanke's never gotten so much as a whiff with the team. And he just scored 20 goals again in the AHL, right? Like, um, so you got to think there's there'd be teams around the league that, would be willing to give a guy like that a look. And I got to think, you know, what's happened with Johnny Kovacevic in Montreal must have other teams going, hmm, what are the Jets doing there in Winnipeg? And, you know, what other gems might they have that they're not will <clears throat> willing to give a chance to, but we could certainly utilize. <clears throat> so that's where I think, you know, it really becomes apparent that the Jets need to look at their blue line, take a long, hard look at it. They've got nobody's coming off the books this year. There's no UFAs on that blue line. So there's no job opening that's happening just kind of naturally. The only job opportunities would come if Kevin Shevelyev creates them <clears throat> by, by moving a player or two. And so we come back to some of the, the same names that we've talked about, right? Nate Schmidt. Is there anybody out there that would be willing to take Nate Schmidt's contract this is a guy that at one point us this year rick bonus healthy scratched who was primarily a third pairing defenseman who's make making almost six million dollars the least likely contract as far sure. as it's it's the least movable uh, i'll say that unless you really incentivize it for for somebody um you know dylan DeMello, uh brendan dylan I believe it only has one more year left. And then, you know, depending on what they do with him, um, you know, and obviously Neil Pionk, I think we keep coming back to Neil Pionk as a piece that might have some trade value um, given what he can do. And and I'll say this, Haas, Neil Pionk didn't hurt that angle with his playoff. I thought he was really good in the playoffs after a pretty tough regular season Neil Pionk wasn't the reason the Jets lost to Vegas in the first round. He was one of their best players. And when Josh Morrissey went down, I thought he really elevated his game. So could they turn Neil Pionk into something that helps the team, you know, in another area, but also almost addition by subtraction, um, takes salary off the books and creates a job opening for one of those young defensemen that you're at risk of losing for nothing. And I guess the alternative, Haas, if if you don't, if you're not going to create a job opening for one of those young players, maybe then you got to look at moving one of those young players to at least get something, whether it's a draft pick, um, you know, in in next month. But just so you don't have uh, Johnny Kovacevic repeat itself, because that's just a bad look when you've invested the time and resources into developing a guy 
And then you try and send him down and another team not only pounces on that guy, but turns him into kind of a regular contributing member as the Habs did. Well, the thing is, and I mean, I know a lot of people make a, a, a big deal out of this. I had a bunch of people that were freaking out because Axel didn't get an extra game to be qualified. I mean, there are a reason why there are these waiver rules. And, sure. you know, you can only have so many players. And listen, there's a lot of players that are not good enough to play on playoff teams that can go in and play a regular shift on teams that stink. And that basically is how the entire waiver process works. So, um, and I mean, the Axel thing, uh, to me, I know some made a big deal because they compared it to the Comrie thing. To me, Axel's, Axel Janssen Fialbi's roster spot is more valuable at this point than Axel Janssen Fialbi. So the fact that they came one game short of retaining his rights as an RFA. They sent him they... to the Moose. It was quite clear that, yeah. and I mean, you could have, like, listen, I actually was quite a fan of Axel and thought that he was, you know, a good player. And I probably would have had him play more than the coach did and probably wouldn't have had him sent down. But organizationally, it was pretty clear that they'd made their decision. And this was also a guy that came here on waivers. It's very different when you put the amount of work into developing a Hanela, Declan Chisholm, Leon Gavanka. I mean, to me, those players are in a very different category, even than Johnny Kovacevic was considering the other guys in that group right now. And you're exactly right. I mean, there needs to be a spot or two opened up so there is an opportunity. Or if that is not going to happen, you better not be left holding the bag and getting nothing for them. And I think those moves would be made heading into the draft Agreed. in Nashville at the end of next month. Yeah, one one way or the other, Huss, you got to clear at least a little bit of that that log jam. Um, but whether it's moving a big piece or a smaller piece, I think you have to move a piece or two um, to, to try and alleviate that. And especially to go back to your point about the younger guys, it'd be one thing if you were a team like Vegas or the Rangers or whatever, the big lucrative market that you can just go sign. You can sign players till your heart's content because you know – your team sells itself. The Jets are not that team. Their bread and butter is supposed to be drafting and developing. They can't afford to, to just have drafted and developed players walk for nothing. Um, and if that if that's happening with any frequency in Winnipeg, the organization is in big trouble. That's not part of their DNA. And uh, and so they lost two players last year in Kovacevic. Asamont wasn't a drafted and developed guy. He's a guy they went out and signed, who obviously now Tampa's turned him into a, a two-year extension. That looks like the Jets kind of missed the boat. I thought they could have used Mikey Asamont's kind of heart and energy in the playoffs. A lot of what Rick Bonus seemed to be blasting his, his team's lack of is what Mikey Asamont was full of. Um, but, again, not a drafted and developed guy, but the guys you just talked about on the moose um, and it's we're getting close to crunch time in terms of of their scenarios. Uh, I think you got to try and alleviate that jam for sure. Well, Mike, great stuff. Next week we will talk about what the ask will be for one of the centers if they are on the uh, if they are on the block and they are being moved. What makes sense for the Winnipeg Jets to get back? And uh, probably not a topic that's going to go anywhere anytime soon uh, <laughs> before we head down to Nashville. Mike, thanks for doing this as always. Enjoy the weather outside. Yeah, you bet. Take care. Great, great stuff. Week. There is Mike McIntyre. Um, well, speaking of this gorgeous weather, the uh, Gold Eyes are beginning their series 
or their season, I should say, on the road in a couple days. Out on the road playing a little preseason action right now. Uh, but opening day in the league coming up Thursday, and then the following Friday, May 19th, is Goldeye's home opener. Uh, we'll check in again with Andrew Collier a little later on this week. In the meantime, get on down to goldeyes.com. Check out season tickets, mini packs, group tickets, and get your individual tickets as well, in particular for opening night, Friday, May 19th, down over at Shaw Park. And, uh, you know, our friends at uh, Princess Auto, big sponsors of the Bombers and proud supporters of the Winnipeg Gold Eyes and really all things Winnipeg, including Winnipeg Sports Talk. Princess Auto is where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Visit them in the store, two Winnipeg locations, or shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Well, it's time to be getting outside, folks. And if you have irrigation needs on your property, Joe and the gang down at Consolidate Supply are ready for you. The leaders in irrigation systems, artificial turf as well, and golf carts, both new and used as the official exclusive club car dealer in Manitoba. Uh, they've got other great options for your property, including hot tubs, and amazing outdoor kitchen options, and of course, small engine parts and repair. Head on down to 1395 Niaqua Road East at the new Consolidated Supply Showroom, which is open to the public, or you can find out more online at their relaunched website at cte.ca. Uh, Royal Sports is Manitoba's number one sports superstore with the biggest selection of licensed team gear featuring the Jets and Bombers, NHL, NFL, and tons of new Jays and Major League Baseball gear with the season underway. But spring is here, and uh, it's not just for the fans, it's also for the athletes. Whether you need soccer equipment and gear, baseball, softball, tennis, and more, it's all coming in by the day at Royal Sports, not to mention a huge selection of bikes. See it for yourself in person, 750 Pemina Highway. Give them a follow on Instagram as well at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Couple more games in the National Hockey League playoffs tonight. Couple more in the uh, NBA as well. And no better place to get together with friends for the big game than your local Boston pizza. Enjoying ice cold schooners, world famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, and the latest from the BP feature menu which has been powered by Fanalytics, including the new fried dill pickle spears and the new triple play combo. If you're staying in, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right. Uh, we've uh, talked a lot about Bedard going to Chicago. What does the rest of the draft look like now that the lottery balls have spoken? Um, let's welcome in. Always love catching up with Chris Peters, the uh, draft ec analyst and expert for Flow Sports, who joins us now to uh, talk about last night's draft lottery, a look ahead to his first mock draft, and get his thoughts on the Ice and Thunderbirds WHL Championship Series. Peters, what's going on, man? Uh, we finally know how the ping pong balls have gone, and the Blackhawks are on the clock for Connor Bedard. Holy smokes. I mean, what a, what a shocker. What a, what a weird night it was. And uh, Hustler, it's great to be back with you. It's always fun to, to do the show. But I mean, watching, you know, the draft lottery, I, I have no dog in the race. Like, true, you know, full disclosure, I grew up a Blackhawks fan. I grew up in Chicago wearing a White Sox hat, Chicago Stadium behind me. Um, you know, I, I definitely, but like since I started in hockey, the, the fandom kind of subsides and especially 
but but I'm watching the draft lottery not with nervousness for the Blackhawks or anything else, but just just plain nerves. It's it's a kind of a dramatic thing, and then we have you know, our little flub in the in the middle with the Blue Jackets. So did they get the pick? Did they not? You know, all this other stuff that happened, and then it ends with the Chicago Blackhawks, which I think you know the entire league. You, Basically, the only people that wanted to see the Chicago Blackhawks get Connor Bedard were the people that work for the Blackhawks and their fans, and that's it. You know, it seemed like this was like a, it, it was met with a with a with the loudest possible groan from the hockey world, I think. Uh, but at the same time, now the Chicago Blackhawks they move on from Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, and they slide right into the Connor Bedard era. You can't get luckier than that, I don't think. No, there, there's no doubt about that. And uh, I'll add the NHL head office to this. I, I mean, I really think that it would have been an abject disaster if the Coyotes had gotten Connor Bedard. I mean, having this young superstar playing in his 4,000-seat rink, albeit in a... Uh, although it might have made the franchise a lot more valuable to potentially move it. I guess that's uh, one thing. <laughs> and then, you know, the Ducks, uh, you know, being out there on the West Coast, you'd really be missing him for a lot. So I think there's a lot of things that work for Chicago. Obviously, there's still the baggage from the entire Kyle Beach situation. Many yes. people think they shouldn't have even been picking in the first round, never mind getting it. And I guess the other thing, Chris, is this does prove in a lot of ways that sometimes an, a full-fledged tank is worth it in the case of uh, of Connor Bedard because that's exactly what Chicago did. And even though they didn't finish last, the ball smiled on them last night. Oh, absolutely. Unbelievable situation. And, and yeah, I mean, you know, tanking – can work. It doesn't always, you know, it, I mean, there've been certainly been times we saw, you know, the, the Buffalo Sabres and, and the Arizona Coyotes in a full out tank for the, the, the Connor McDavid draft. And then, you know, they end up, you know, the Coyotes end up picking third, you know, third in that draft. So, you know, it was, it was a pretty wild, uh, you know, wild experience to see the way that that worked. But to your point, you know, Connor Bedard going to an American market, a large media market, a media market that has a hockey history, in, in a lot of ways is good for the NHL, um, you know, just to have that player. Obviously, you have Connor Bedard, you're Connor McDavid in Edmonton, Austin Matthews in Toronto, which is which is fantastic for the Canadian hockey markets. But, you know, you, you don't have that necessarily, those, those those massive star appeal in the U.S., which, you know, is is a, a large share of the, of the media market. So, you know, the the... In the end, I think it's, you know, it's it's probably a, a net positive for the league. But at the same time, you know, I could completely understand the the frustration of fans to see a team that won three Stanley Cups, you know, go into that tank mode. And then all of a sudden they end up with the top pick. I mean, and and, you know, I know they've said that tanking doesn't really exist. But I mean, you look at you look <laughs> at the Blackhawks roster and and it's it's a shadow of its former, you know, the no, no to no Taves, no Kane. You know, none of the guys that were part of that, the, the glory years. And of all the teams that were in the lottery, I feel like Chicago has the furthest to go of all of them um, just because of where they're at in their, in their status of rebuilding. Yeah, it, you know, from a Winnipeg perspective, I mean, I guess selfishly it'll be uh, great to see Bedard here three times a year. Although from a Jets fan perspective, I'm not sure in a few years we're going to want to be dealing with him and the Blackhawks with all the picks that they have in the playoffs each and every year. But, I mean, certainly an original six team in the central time zone. Um, I mean, I think we will have this superstar getting a bit more exposure than you might have in some of the other spots. So uh, just before we move on to kind of where everything else shut down or everything else ended, um, you've followed this young man for a long, long time. Um, 
We're going to be talking about him nonstop until we hear his name called in Nashville next month. Where does Connor Bedard, in your mind, Chris, rank with the uh, most generational prospects we've seen over the last 20, 25 years, including the likes of McDavid and Austin Matthews and, of course, Sidney Crosby? Yeah, you know, I, I think in terms of pure goal-scoring talent, just pure goal-scoring talent, let's just take that aside, best since Ovechkin. You know, I mean, that includes Steven Stamkos. That includes, you know, John, John Tavares was a 70-plus goal scorer in junior. Um, you know, we, we've seen uh, guys like Cole Caulfield scored 70 goals. I mean, you know, these are the players. So, I mean, that's a that's a long-term. You look at, you look at you know, Alex Ovechkin in the, in the almost 10 or 20 years since he was drafted, and we're talking that that's the level of goal-scoring ability that I think Connor Bedard has. In terms of overall game, I don't think that we can compare him uh, favorably to Connor McDavid. I mean, I think part of the video package said he skates like McDavid, shoots like Matthews. He, he doesn't skate like McDavid. Nobody in the world does. Um, and so, but he, but he does, he, he has so many tools. So, you know, I think that there's a really good case for him to be the best since McDavid. Um, I think, you know, Austin Matthews is certainly in that mix too. He has a different size profile, you know, and obviously he's got a 60 goal season. It's hard to say that, but you know, I, I think that we're looking at a player here in Connor Bedard that has the opportunity to be, you know, a franchise changing prospect for one. And then also, you know, a, a perennial all-star future hall of famer, a guy that's probably going to win some rocket Richards, a guy that might win a few heart trophies, you know, and a guy that's probably going to be winning some Stanley cups. I mean, everywhere he's gone, he's been able to find some success. I mean, you know, Regina, they didn't have a great team around him. He almost willed them through the first round of the playoffs, 20 points in seven games. So this is the guy that's built for the bright lights, for the biggest moments. I think that that's the other thing that really impresses me about Connor Bedard in a way that I don't think we've seen before. Like this is a guy that didn't shy away from anything at all. Like every, every um, media opportunity, every autograph session, every chance to go skate with kids on a weekend, I mean, this guy was never tired and and I've seen first overall picks kept in a bubble. I've seen them kept away from the media, away from the spotlight. Connor Bedard has not, I, I wouldn't say that he has embraced the spotlight, but what he has done is he has handled it and he is continually elevated. And so that to me is what makes him very special. I mean, you look at the guys that we've had come through the league and you now see the Nathan McKinnons and you know, the, 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 the Connor McDavid's the Austin Matthews, Jack Hughes now, getting to that level kale mccarr you know I, I do think that connor bedard has a chance to be in that tier of player going forward and you know it's it's he's he idolized Sidney crosby you know i think that Sidney crosby was such a unique prospect um it, in a lot of different ways as well so he's kind of uh it, it's it's tough for me to say that he's that, that bedard will be better than crosby but you know i i think that he's in that tier that conversation of bedard you know, we're going to talk about them in the same sense, McDavid, Bedard, you know, Crosby, those kind of guys. And even if he ends up with a, let's say a Patrick Kane or a Steven Stamkos like career, <laughs> still a hall of famer. So there you yeah, go. a couple rings in both of those guys, jewelry boxes, that's for sure. Um, and, and it is fascinating. And I guess a big part of it. I mean, we knew that there was this generational player, Connor McDavid or Connor Bedard. However, we also knew that this was in a really, really deep draft. So, um, you know, and I, I was so excited when I was uh, getting ready to have you on today. I saw the first mock draft of the year. It's all ready to go over at Flow Hockey, folks. Check it out. We'll have a link in the description. Um, Adam Fantilli from Michigan for the Ducks. How quality of a, a consolation prize, if I could uh, use the term, is Fantilli to a team like Anaheim? 
Yeah, you know, I mean, I look at this draft has mirrored in so many ways the the McDavid Eichel draft. You know, where where it was like, hey, we've got two amazing players here. One is clearly the number one, but the number two in pretty much any other year is a number one. You know, I mean, we've only had it, it's amazing too because Fantilli also won the Hobie Baker like like Jack Eichel did, and um, actually had a higher points per game average this year, and so you know. He's going to the world championship too, which I think is going to boost his, you know, just kind of his profile. And it also will give him a great learning experience alongside some of the NHL players that he's going to play with. But, you know, I think that, that I've, I've been saying it all year. Like, you know, he's not a consolation prize. He is a franchise centerpiece, you know, and that's what I think he can be. Um, if there's a difference between, um, you know, there, there are a number of differences between the players, obviously. I mean, you know, you've got a different size profile with, with Adam Fantilli, he's he's fast, he is physical, he plays mean, and then he's got that skill. I think there's a, probably a gap in the hockey sense department between the two players, which is another separating factor for Connor, who doesn't have the size, but he has that offensive sense and all those different things. Um, but, I mean, you, watching Adam Fantilli grow over the last three years, played in the USHL with the Chicago Steel, and then moved to Michigan, you know, we've seen that progression with him too. And and to the point where he became a dominant player and unstoppable player in college hockey and success at, at the level that he's had it at the college level is not, you know, it doesn't guarantee him NHL success, but the guys that are in that category have, you know, Kyle Connor is one of them that they, they've had a high level of NHL success. I fully believe that Adam Fantilli can be a number one center in the NHL um, at worst, a number two, but I really think that he's got the potential to be a play driving first line center. And that's, you know, for the ducks, another centerpiece for them in, in, in a host of young talent that have high end skill. Chris, the, uh, the blue jackets got the bad news a little early from uh, Kevin weeks. They're picking third and, you know, in your draft, even your mock, um, you've got them taking Matt Bay Mitchkov, who uh, is less of a household name than the other two. Certainly Bedard could potentially be a talent that rivals Bedard, depending on who you talk to. But it's a very different situation with the Russian. Um, it, your thoughts quickly on why you pegged him in at three, but also the prospect he is, but the risk that come with taking a player like that and the weight. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 certainly speculative, you know, but I, I think it's based on the fact that Yarmo Kekalainen has never shied away from 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 risk and never has shied away from from going outside of uh, outside of the box. And the, the issue here is, is that I think Matt Mitchkov coming into this season, we were talking about him in the same sentence as Connor Bedard. I mean, we've seen these two guys go head to head before even uh, two years ago at the under 18 World Championship when they were both underage players and that allowed us to see them up close and and really the trajectory has been similar the difference is that mitch gob is playing in russia he's playing in the khl he's playing with and against men um and then he had a really great season once he was loaned out from ska to hk sochi i think he has the potential to be one of those franchise changing franchise altering players that's how good of a player i think he is there are size concerns he's a wing versus a center you know and i think that ideally the, the Blue Jackets would have liked to have the first two picks because they desperately need a number one center. They really do. And so uh, they are more likely to go in that direction. I think that it's always interesting to, you know, Yarmo Kekalainen, he says, I'm going to go with the best player. To me, the best player by far is Matvey Michkov. And that's why I ended up putting him in that mock draft. But I mean, there are a lot of good options. You got Will Smith, you got Leo Carlson, both of whom can play center. Um, so there's a lot of interesting scenarios at play. And Mitchkov, where he goes and all the risk that comes with him because of the Russian factor, because he's got a contract until 25, 26. 
those are all things that you have to take into account. Um, and the Russian factor now is also a geopolitical one. It's not, it's not just this, you know, made up kind of our, our Russian players bad or, you know, or lazy or whatever, you know, that, that, that doesn't exist anymore. It's a much different issue. So uh, fascinating to see where he goes. Uh, Chris Peters with us from flow hockey, breaking down the uh, draft order now and taking a look at his first mock. Uh, you've got the coyotes taking David Reinbacher, the first defenseman at six. Um, you can maybe tell us a little bit about the player, but um, will we be seeing mostly forwards in this draft? I mean, uh, how, how would you compare the quantity and quality of defense prospects to uh, some of the offensive stars that we've been discussing? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if we're if we're going best player available the, and, and if the Coyotes do that, I don't necessarily think they would take David Reinbacher, but their defense pool is so shallow that I, you know, basically go ahead and do what you have to do to get the number one defense when they got another pick at 12 potentially land one of those impact forwards. Um, I think it's going to be very thin on defense in the first 12 to 15 picks of the draft. Um, I do think that there are some guys that have emerged late that could potentially sneak into that range. I think, you know, Axel Sandin Pelika has been a very good defenseman all season long, uh, played at the world juniors for Sweden. He's, you know, a bit undersized, but a, a gifted puck mover. Um, but, you know, and then also Tim Willander, uh, who played at the under 18 world championship, I think he rose his stock, a great deal um, in that, in that, that period. But as far as David Reinbacher goes six foot two, right shot defenseman, highly productive at the, in the Swiss national league this year. The, the, the thing about him is, you know, there's not a ton of precedent. There's not a ton of precedent for, for defenseman, his age playing in that league. And there is no precedent for them producing at the level that he did. Um, you know, he's going to play for Denmark at the world championships. He played for them at the world juniors. They barely ever had the puck, so it was really hard to assess him at that tournament. But in the games where they did have the puck, he was you know, dictating play. Um, but a big right shot defenseman with mobility and offensive skill, that's something that the, the Coyotes desperately need. They got Logan Cooley last year at three. We'll see. They could potentially, you know, go for a bigger four, go for a forward in that sixth spot and hope that there's one of those two defensemen left at 12. I just don't know if there will. You know, I think Reinbacher is the best of the group, but I don't think that they – would be able to guarantee themselves getting him if they waited. Uh, you know, just uh, continuing down the uh, the board on your mock, and uh, folks can read the entire thing over at Flow Hockey. There are two players with local ties: Zach Benson of the Winnipeg Ice, and we'll get to that WHL final in a second. Uh, he's pegged in at nine, and then Nate Danielson, who I think is less familiar to a lot of people, at least in the Winnipeg area, who started with the Brandon Wheat Kings, is also a top ten pick. Just a quick comment on those two young men that see themselves pegged in the top ten. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a great year for the WHL draft wise, and I think these two players have have risen, you know, throughout the year. I think to me, Zach Benson is 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 you know, I would have him in my draft rankings. He would be higher than nine. Um, but, you know, in, in a mock draft, that's not what we're doing. We're trying to see where they would go. Um, you know, I think that the size issue for him is is one of the things that's only holding him back, you know, and that to me, other other than that, that's really the only thing. Because I, I, you know, his skating is fine. It's not amazing, but his his compete level is incredibly high. His defensive stick is as good as any forward in this draft, I think. He strips guys off pucks regularly, transitions immediately to offense, which I think is, you know, he's just always a threat with the puck. You know, high high production level. Just love the motor that he plays with, and and I think that he's got a chance to be a really good you know top six kind of forward for a team. Nate Danielson is has kind of been his his draft stock has fluctuated throughout the year. I think he's a really good scorer. He's got some good offensive capabilities. There's two way skill there. He has size, good skating ability. I mean, he checks a lot of the boxes. He doesn't get you excited in any one thing. 
But, you know, in that top 10 range, there's a lot of forwards that have, you know, this tool or that tool. I think he has a combination of tools that allow him to be a really good all-around player, which is why, you know, I think there's a potential that with the way that the draft board fell, he has a chance to go pretty high. Um, but yeah, I mean, th there's a lot of fascinating centers and, and guys, are they centers? Are they wings? You know, those kind of things. I think there's no doubt that Nate Danielson's a center to me. Um, and, and that's why he, you know, I think he, he slots in very favorably in this draft. Uh, Chris, before we go, we got a couple big games here in the peg on the weekend. WHL final. Great news announced it yesterday that the, it's moving to the big rink downtown. So there'll be plenty of room for fans to get in there. Uh, and it's a perfect storm for Jet fans because we get to see Brad Lambert playing for the visitors. Yeah. And of course, a stacked ice team. Uh, I know you've covered this league all season long. Just a quick thoughts on uh, the Winnipeg Ice, the Seattle Thunderbirds going at it for the WHL crown. I, I think we got what we wanted. Two, you know, two of the best teams all season. Uh, you know, Seattle is is as star-studded a junior team as you're ever going to see. You know, I mean, the tons of first-round picks. You mentioned Brad Lambert. I mean, Dylan Gunther. You know, they've got Kevin Korchinski. You know, there's so many guys up and down their lineup. But then you got Winnipeg, and you got some really good high-end draft guys, guys that have already been drafted. Matt Savoy. You know, all these different players. And and I mean, I I couldn't. You know, it's a pick'em series for me. You know, I think Seattle may come in a little bit on uh, favored, but at the same time, you know, they just they just loaded up so much at the deadline. Um, you know, to make sure and, and getting guys and got lucky with Brad Lambert being sent back and all those different things. But I mean, for for fans in in Winnipeg, you know, the 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 WHL, the junior hockey, this is this is as good as you could possibly hope for in terms of a matchup, in terms of you know, a competition and, you know, an opportunity to see junior hockey at its absolute highest level. I mean, so many of these guys played in the world juniors or, or, or will play in the world juniors. And some of these guys are going to be the NHL next season. Um, between these two teams, it's really tough to say who, who would win, but I mean, the WHL being in your backyard, this was one of the best years potentially to, to, to be there. Obviously you have Connor Bedard, you have all these other players, but Winnipeg itself with, with a super team and has been for the last two seasons. Um, you know, this is this is a great opportunity to just experience junior hockey at, at, an, at an emotionally high level and in uh, an atmosphere that I think these players are really gonna, you know, relish and 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 rise to the occasion. And so I hope it's a great crowd. I hope that they have a lot of fun with it uh, because these are two outstanding teams, incredibly well built, and this is going to be a series that could go down in the history books in terms of one of the all time greats, just in terms of pure matchup. Chris, you should get in the whip and come up I-29 for the weekend. I should. I should. <laughs> There's so much to do, but I, I should. I, maybe I'll get Maybe I'll do it. Maybe let let do us it. know. Let us know. We'll have a cold one waiting <laughs> for you if, you if you make it here. Uh, listen, I'm sure we'll catch up at some point before the draft and see you in Nashville. Thanks so much for doing this. And uh, I was so fired up for the mock. We've got through it, but I'm sure there'll be a few more before we get to uh, oh. decision day. Although I'm pretty sure the decision's been made for the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, I think they got, I think that's spoiler alert on that one. So yeah, so just be ready for that. But thanks for having me. It's, it's always a pleasure and yeah, it's great. Great to be on. So lots more draft content to come for sure. Many more mocks too. Don't worry. <laughs> thanks, Chris. All right. Great stuff from Chris Peters. Awesome to have Chris back on the program and uh, yeah, fired up for this ice Thunderbird series and very much looking forward to the next few weeks heading into the draft in Nashville at the end of June. All right, we're going to get to tonight's games in the National Hockey League. Just before we do that, don't forget, live racing begins at Assiniboia Downs on May 22nd, the May uh, uh, the Monday of the May long weekend. First two weeks will be Monday, Tuesday racing, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday throughout the year 
Find out more and get ready for the season at asdowns.com and make a point to be in there on opening night on the 22nd of May. Um, cannot wait to get out to the ballpark this year and uh, enjoy a few little brown jugs out on Craft Beer Corner. Um, but if you haven't already, you got to try the new beer from Little Brown Jug, the generic lager. Your basic lager, just better. Impressively standard in the best way. Light and clean to taste with a mellow flavor and crisp finish. Now Manitoba can support local without having to move away from the domestic taste they've come to expect with a light beer. Pick it up at the brewery or tap room or at vendors throughout the city and uh, should be in uh, eight packs and cans by next month at all of your local Manitoba liquor marts. Uh, golfing news, uh, our guy Aaron Cockrell is playing in the RBC Canadian Open coming up next month at Oakdale Golf and Country Club. Um, Byron Nelson coming up this week, then another major just around the corner. So uh, lots going on golfing-wise with the big boys. But uh, Manitoba golfers are back on the courses and uh, everyone fired up to be back at Breezy Bend. Man, for uh, the spring that we had, the course is in just brilliant shape right now. And uh, got to give a big credit to uh, Craig and his great staff for uh, making it um, making it look the way that it does and play the way that it does. Of course, if you're looking for a great long-term golfing home for you and your family, Breezy is an amazing place to do exactly that. Find out more online at breezybend.ca or give our pal Corey Johnson a call for more information about becoming a member. And uh, if you like world-class fishing and world-class hospitality, you might want to consider an Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge getaway this summer, a little piece of paradise right here in Manitoba where even including the flight in, you can be on the water in about two hours from the city of Winnipeg. A great getaway for Manitoba businesses, um, bring your top clients or maybe a great team building event and obviously an incredible fans and family trip option as well. They're pushing 90% capacity for the summer. So if you do want to get in on the Aikens, find out more now at AikensLake.com or uh, give our pal Pitt Turen an email at Pitt at Aikens Lake for uh, inquiries of all sorts for uh, over at Aikens Lake. Um, let's get Remo back in here. I've got a couple games to get to and the uh, cool bet lines tonight, but uh, i got to tell you, I'm getting more excited for the draft in this next month after talking to Chris. Now that we know who's getting Connor Bedard, the dust has settled, Remo. Uh, the rest of the NHL GMs, including Kevin Dayoff, can uh, start enacting their off-season plans. Yeah, I agree with you. We know the order. We know which franchise is going to be changed forever, Chicago. And I say that uh, kind of do <laughs> say it with a lot of excitement there. So I, I agree. The Jets are out. We've you know we've wrapped up the regular season. Now we can begin to look ahead to the draft last week of June. So very exciting time for a lot of uh, players and their families and franchise as well as we start to look towards next year. And great to have a chat with Chris Peters about his mock draft now that we know, and we'll be touching on a lot more draft stuff as we get closer. And I know Shane Malloy will join us as well later this week. We've had on before. So a lot of, a lot of excitement. And I'm seeing some great comments in the chat who SK uh, Julian are just talking about uh, their own projections of mock drafting. So shout out to you guys uh, for continuing the conversation in there. Yeah. And of course, don't forget uh, if you didn't know, we do have a Winnipeg sports talk discord uh, it seems like this has really become the place that Winnipeg sports fans come together on a daily basis to uh, hang out with us, but also 
talk with each other about the big stories of the day. Um, and uh, Remo, give a little plug for how people can find the Discord and uh, join the community outside of live WST hours. Yeah, well, one thing, you know, I know a lot of YouTube channels do this is we have so much fun chatting with each other during the show. Wouldn't it be great to have a place where we can do that outside of live stream hours? So I put the link in there in the chat right now. It's in the description of this video. And hop in there, say hi, introduce yourself. I know there are some, a lot of intelligent comments. I want to give a shout-out to Rob Mahoney, who likes to be not serious in chat and joking around, but he actually has really impressed me with his intelligent thoughts on the Winnipeg Jets in the Jets channel. You were so shocked. You were so shocked. So shocked. <laughs> I know Rob Mahoney is a guy who likes to just rip, rip on me in chat and makes <laughs> jokes, but actually put together some really... Uh, intelligent stuff there in the Jets channel, Julian as well. Um, and a lot of fun talking about, you know, other, you know, live chatting during other hockey, uh, hockey games and a number of channels for various things. Some people are talking about the Megadeth concert and the music channel. I didn't go to Megadeth, but uh, <laughs> I'm regretting it now. So, um, and SK says he joined many of the best chatters are in there. So yeah, I know Phyllis in there all the time. SK, Rob Mahoney, T. Will, uh, MC Stormy in there, so a lot of a lot of fun. Love it, love it. So uh, if you're new around here, just finding out, <clears throat> click on the link, join the Discord, and uh, keep on hanging out with the WST crew outside of live hours between one and three when we do the show on YouTube. Just before we get to the cool bet lines, Remo, couple things to note from the National Hockey League: uh, King Clancy nominees have been named. One player from each team. Um, and it is Blake Wheeler that gets the nod for the Winnipeg Jets and former Winnipeg Jet Jacob Truba among the 32 nominees for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy. Yeah, well, where do you think uh, Truba learned how to be such a great leader? Probably from Jets captain Blake Wheeler, former Jets captain Blake Wheeler, and like King Clancy Award, or the, these are the finalists. Uh, the award recognizes leadership qualities and contributions to the community. Um, so let's see. To the player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and made has no, made a noteworthy humanitarian contribution in his community. And I know Blake Wheeler does a lot of work with Cancer Care Manitoba Foundation. Absolutely. So shout out to Blake for that. And uh, I'm curious who will get the uh, award at the uh, NHL Awards, which are shortly before, you know, two days before the draft also in Nashville. So a lot of names on there. Yeah, um, uh, you can check that out. As far as the games that are going tonight uh, and tomorrow, the series that are still on, we know the Leafs are down to their last gasp trying to stay in this series against the Florida Panthers. And uh, it sounds like it'll be the kid, Joseph Wall, that uh, will get the start in game four, trying to avoid a very quick and unceremonious exit after the team finally won a playoff series for the first time since 04. Yeah, I mean... So much excitement, such a high, and now it kind of like deja vu here for the Maple Leafs. Um, so that's uh, that's it's almost comical, and we'll see what happens tomorrow. Big night for can the Canada teams, uh, Leafs and Oilers, and um, I don't know what Toronto does. Maybe they make some changes in the offseason, but it seems like they're on their way out, and I think we're all here to watch it, right, Hustler? Or maybe they win a game and then lose at home in front of their home fans. Yeah, I, I'm sure Maurice would love nothing more than to win in Toronto with the uh, <laughs> extra bright lights that come with playing in the center of the universe. 
Uh, but hey, Maurice has done a hell of a job right now. This team is uh, this team is playoff ready to go. Uh, the Leafs have not had many answers for them right now. And um, I mean, who would have thunk that? I mean, I did pick Florida to win the series. <laughs> I didn't think they'd have a chance to win it in game four of the series. As far as tonight goes, let's get to coolbet.com and check out the coolbet lines. Devils, after that eight-goal explosion in game three, are back at home, favored, minus 150 on the money line. The Carolina Hurricanes, plus 127. And the other game tonight, the Kraken with a 2-1 series lead. Once again, a home underdog at plus 117. The Dallas Stars, minus 138, Reem. And I, I, listen, I'm going to throw this out for my cool bet play of the day for the lock shop a little later on on the cool bet social channels. Um, we've seen Dallas win a crucial game four on the road in round number one against the Minnesota Wild. They need to do that again tonight. And I'm expecting a big bounce back from Jake Ottinger after he got lit, got lit up for, what, four goals in six minutes as that game completely got away from Dallas in the second period after Heisken and got hurt. Yeah, that was um, kind of scary, getting a puck to the face. So, you know, you'd like to think Dallas is going to rebound. I feel like the series is going seven. Now I've picked against Seattle in every game in this playoffs, and I've been wrong a lot. So. Maybe Seattle is actually a value as a home dog, but um, they've been the, they've been that way throughout the playoffs. Yeah, feel, that's for sure. I feel like you'd be doing pretty good if you just bet on Seattle. I'm sure they've been an underdog in every game, um, but here we are. They're up two one, and I'm still going with uh, with Dallas. Although that's a pretty big favorite, us minus one thirty eight. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I'm riding with the Stars tonight. Stars plus one hundred five to win the series, uh, despite being down two to one now we do have a lock shop partner parlay exclusive today we uh made a lot of people happy with a three sport banger on saturday we're gonna try and do it again tonight we're gonna put the stars on this ticket we're gonna put the boston celtics on this ticket who are a big favorite and we're gonna add the jays now the jays are a plus money road underdog alec Manoa's on the bump going up against aaron nola in philly but it does seem like the Jays really got their groove back in Pittsburgh on the weekend. Let's see if they can keep it going and find a way to win in Philly tonight. So Jays, Celtics, Stars, when we put that in manually, it came out to plus 400. But uh, Patty and Jake have helped us out. Plus 445 right now in the Cool Bet exclusives. Click on Lock Shop Partner Parlay and uh, certainly check out everything else they've got. Exclusive for the NBA tonight, a bunch for the National Hockey League, and some Blue Jays daily exclusives at well as well. It's all there at CoolBet. Use the promo code WST if you haven't played a CoolBet before. Hook you up with a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to 200 bucks. So uh, uh, it's been a fun show today, Reem. Uh, kind of aftermath of the draft lottery. Great news about the Winnipeg Ice playing downtown. Tickets on sale as well. And I think, uh, you know, we're going to spend quite a bit of time with some different guests over the next few days talking about this ice series uh, and what a great opportunity to get a chance to see Brad Lambert do his thing after having such a successful half season and playoffs since moving from the American Hockey League post-world juniors to the Western League with the Seattle T-Birds. Yeah, two great teams. You want to see some quality hockey. Uh, Canada Life Center this weekend, Friday at 7, Saturday at 6. So I think that's... I mean, great move for everyone, win-win, so exciting, exciting stuff there. And one thing about the draft lottery, um, Aaron Portsline was in the room, 
uh, you know, with who Frank Cervalli, Stephen Wine, they were among the reporters. And he, this is what they had to say about the little uh, snafu there. Hold on, where the was it? Thing? About the Kevin Weeks saying uh, Columbus before the logo was revealed. Mm-hmm. He said, both Weeks and the NHL declined to comment. A source with knowledge of the situation told The Athletic, a production error fed the wrong words into the teleprompter that Weeks was using and that it wasn't just a passing comment by the former goaltender and veteran broadcaster. So someone put in the wrong thing in the teleprompter. Yeah. He got done dirty. Giving me images of when they put on Ron Burgundy's prompt, prompter, F.U. San Diego, right? Isn't, <laughs> and then he read it. By the way, did you see the guy at the Oiler game last night or the other night with the F.A. and find out Evander Kane Oh, jersey? you sent me that. <laughs> I had to laugh. Uh, the Oiler fans work fast. and uh, yeah, How do you get a Evander... jersey? That's like a, the next day you get a customized jersey. <laughs> exactly. The uh, the natural, feeling it, making friends and new fans in Edmonton. Um, enjoy the games tonight. Carolina, Dal- or Carolina jersey early. Dallas and Seattle late. Uh, and some good action on the uh, hard court, too, if you're paying attention to the uh, NBA playoffs. Uh, and uh, well, tomorrow... Rookies arrive for rookie camp at IG Field. The Bombers are back, ladies and gents. We'll kind of preview training camp later on this week, heading into the weekend when the veterans report. Uh, But, man, beautiful weather outside. A championship series at Canada Life Centre for the Winnipeg Ice this weekend and Blue Bomber training camp. Gold Ice starting their season as well. Home opener next week. And uh, May 22nd for Assiniboia Downs. It's all happening soon. And of course, the Sea Bears. We'll definitely talk Sea Bears next. We can find a little bit more about the upcoming season uh, with the gang down at the new Hoops team as they get ready for their beginning game on the 27th of May. Great stuff today. Thanks for everyone in the chat. Tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk. And if you haven't had a chance, hit that thumbs up already and make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel tomorrow on the show. Uh, we'll have Murata Tesh. We're going to head out to Edmonton. Uh, my pal from the lock shop, TSN host Dustin Nielsen, will join us as well. Uh, maybe get his thoughts on the upcoming CFL season as well as, of course, the uh, really the voice of the Western Division on TSN. And with all this excitement about the WHL Championship Series, we're also going to check in with Eric Swar from the MJHL because the Centennial Cup is coming to Manitoba beginning on Thursday. MJHL champion Steinpack Pistons in it, as well as the host Portage Terriers. Uh, always a great event, and there'll be some great hockey happening a little west of the city, so we'll touch on that as well. Uh, all coming up tomorrow, 1 p.m. Make it a date. We'll see you then. As I said, uh, thanks for the support. Tell a friend about WST, and thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Enjoy the weather, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow, 1 o'clock p.m. Central on YouTube, right here on WST. Oh my god! Shut it down! Let's go home! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.